0: Greetings and salutations. It's your man CD, The Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And I am outdoors in Southern California, enjoying the pleasant weather, doing some quarantine cameo. And I want to take this opportunity to say congratulations to Matt, uh, who has celebrated his 100th episode of his podcast, Wrestle Life Radio, uh, along with his brother, Micah, and his cousin, Kyle. Um, Your biggest supporter, B-dubs, wanted me to tell you Uh, congratulations. So that's what I'm doing. Um, 100 episodes of any podcast is a uh, triumphant accomplishment. So congratulations to all of you guys. Um, Hope you do 100 more, 1,000 more. Um, Continue to be safe. Enjoy your wrestling. Especially AEW
1: and SCU. Take care, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, for the 100th time, Welcome to Wrestle Life Radio. My name is Matt. I am here with B Dubs, my beautiful wife Carol, my lovely sister-in-law Riley, and
2: my little brother Micah. Say hi Micah. You know I'm gonna say it. I know, you <laughs> got to. You love it, you alley oop it to me. Yeah. <laughs> hi, Micah.
1: There you go. Thank you. That might just be your gimmick now. Matter of fact, if we ever have our own t-shirts, yours will just say hi Micah. Like that's all that'll be on. It's the words hi Micah. Number one top seller on Pro Wrestling Tees. And you know what? Kyle's a graphic designer, and can you imagine how happy he would be with that? He'd be like, cool. He'd pick out a font, put Hi Micah on it, and then that's it. That's all he would need to do. Maybe oh, put the logo comic on the fans. sleeve.
2: Comic yeah, sans. Comic sans. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, not in Comic stands. I, I don't, don't know if Kyle would be down with that. Well,
3: each word has to be in a different font.
1: A different Hi each, Micah. Each, oh, each letter could be in a different yes, font. Yes,
3: even better. <laughs> oh. oh. Gosh.
1: We are here brainstorming, guys. This is is what you usually hear behind behind the scenes. scenes. (laughs) scenes. Honestly, we usually just pop on and chat for like 10 or 15 minutes before we even start recording. Um, Kyle is not here right now. He will be here shortly. But today is his two-year anniversary with his lovely lady. So we didn't want to take up too much of his time. But because it's episode 100, he still wanted to be a part. So he will be here in part two of the show, but we're splitting the show in three parts. Uh, and yes, I know there's usually a commercial at the beginning of shows or sometimes in between segments, but there's not because this is episode 100. So what you'll be hearing between segments are people that were so kind to say congratulations to us, and we very much appreciate that. But Carol has something that uh, I think that stands true as Matt Sin, Micah Sin, Carol Sin, and Riley Sin sits right here. And Kyle Pauly... Who is related to us by blood on mine and Micah's mother's side. And what is what is that that what's the word I'm looking for? Familiar catchphrase.
3: Catchphrase?
1: Catchphrase. I don't know. That one true statement. statement. There you go. That I'm not editing that. It sounds great. That know. one true it statement does. that you need to share with us.
3: Well we are here as Wrestle Life Radio because wrestling has more than one royal family.
1: That's right. And it's not... Uh...
2: <laughs> a terrible not... live
1: band comes on. <laughs> it's, it's not Flair. It's not Rhodes. It's Sin. It's great. Right. It's great. So, another thing that we, we have to do before we actually get started on the wrestling is the Life Hill Chris Cumbie, who wanted to be here tonight, but who's feeling a little under the weather, unfortunately. But he was still kind enough... To record something for us. And you all know, you longtime listeners know, exactly what that is. And today is April 29th, episode 100 of 2020. And we have to give you... A uh, This Day in Wrestling History! That's right, and nine years ago today, nine... The WWE issued a press release talking about its "Be a Star" anti-bullying campaign, and boy, what a wonderful campaign it was! And look, I want to say, and I think we can all agree with this: an anti-bullying campaign is great. And there are people like John Cena and Bailey, and and I think Natalya had a big part. Titus O'Neil and a lot of other wonderful superstars who gave. A really good message with this, but the fact that World Wrestling Entertainment came out with an anti-bullying campaign blows my mind. Because if you know any of the background to stuff that goes on behind the scenes with WWE, you know that historically and currently,
2: by the way, they are rife with bullying. Rife. Rife. I mean, it's like it's like Stephanie McMahon said, it's all marketing. One hundred percent. She said in a tweet, "There's
1: no other better marketing." than campaign marketing all right it's fine it's true but she's not wrong so yeah nine years ago today april 29th 2011 so what we're gonna do so this episode 100 is we're gonna move right into aew dynamite because that's very different than what we
2: usually do right right it's true we normally start with aew dynamite so, yeah, it's exactly the same. Um, so, a week ago today,
1: and I'm excited to watch AEW tonight, a week ago today, we opened the show with Tony Schiavone and Christopher Irvin Jericho. Yes. That's his, that's his, uh, Christian name. Ah. His Christian name is Christopher <laughs> Irvin Jericho. And, uh, can we just talk about how good Chris Jericho is? Just, yes. I mean, like, could, could we just do, like, hours of a podcast
2: and just get... Praise he's Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, yes. Yeah, he's so, so good. My, my favorite line of the night. I got to go ahead and get this before I forget it. Go ahead. So Darby Allen does a Lope Suicida. Uh-huh. And then Jericho says, Suicida. You know what that means in Spanish? And and, and Skiavon's like, uh, uh, no. He's like, me neither. But he looks like he almost committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, so and then like five minutes later, he talks about how he speaks perfect Spanish. Yeah, I know. <laughs> This is perfectly crap. This is not off the wall commentary. He has this stuff written down. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's very, very witty, safely. but he comes up with this stuff. He he's he prepares. You're right. Actually, he actually had a, uh, a talk is Jericho interview with uh, Britt Baker recently, and he was like, "Ooh, I got to write that down for the next time I'm on commentary for one of your matches." <laughs> so he actually he's he's writing up he's writing down stand ups what he's doing, and yeah. it's coming off great. He's so good. He's just so good at everything he does, and, like, I
1: never thought I would see the day where I wanted to see Chris Jericho retire, but, boy, if he just, like, moved full-time to the commentary table tomorrow, I don't think I'd be too upset.
2: Yeah, and my favorite part about it is he's not full kayfabe when he's in commentary. He's actually right. Chris Jericho. You know, he, he's a little kayfabe. You know, he throws his stuff in there about being with the inner circle and all that, but he's not just pure heel, uh, which just comes across terribly most of the time on commentary. Right. Uh, but it is nice to see that he still keeps a little bit of the character, but it's a good balance. Right. Yeah, and it's believable,
1: too, because you can see Chris Jericho, the Hill character, wanting to be you know the best commentator that he can be because mm-hmm. he's better than anyone and anything else he does. So even though he's keeping up his character... You know, he is full commentator mode. I love it. Yeah, yeah. he
2: calls uh, he calls Kenny Omega a pumpkin-headed idiot. I... But uh, he's still <laughs> real for crazy. it. Every time he says the it, see? laughs. Head. Did you say, so oh, what is the name of that movie? Is it Mask? Not The Mask, but I think it's maybe... It's Mask. Mask, the movie. Okay. The main character's name, the name escapes me. It's based on a true story. It's, it's kind of... It's terrible, but it's also funny. Uh, there was a real guy that had, like, this disease or whatever and has made his head huge. And they made a movie about it. And he called... Kenny Omega by that dude's name and like three <laughs> people probably got it, but I saw it posted afterwards and it's hilarious because Kenny Omega has a very large, very red, uh, cranium. Yeah. And, and you, you just put them side by side and it's hilarious. So he's, he's, I he's
4: disagree great. just because I'm a Kenny Omega Mark.
1: It's true. You can Kenny be a Omega. Kenny Omega Mark. It doesn't change the fact that his forehead's big. <laughs>
4: I also disagree with that. No insults.
2: He's the greatest wrestler of all time, (laughs) Uh, and his head is perfect.
3: (laughs) Everybody else's head's too small. (laughs) All y'all the one with problems.
2: I like bubble heads.
3: See Carol. I I get it. I got you.
1: That's so good. It's so good. So the show actually opened with Cody. Who just filed for Cody Rhodes? By the way, um, let's talk about that real quick. Cody just filed for Cody Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes and a bunch of old WCW stuff, and WWE counter attempt like whatever it's called counter attempted to, to stop him from doing all the WCW things, but they let Cody Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes slide through. And let me tell you, as much crap as we give WWE, that's a pretty classy move. Really I, is I wasn't
3: it. expecting, I haven't read that, so yeah. I wasn't expecting you to, to say
2: that. Yeah, I saw by your face
1: because you're
3: like, how ready, dare they? I was getting ready to be mad.
2: <laughs> Has but this yeah, ever happened word. before? Have they ever let somebody use their in-ring name? Uh I don't think so. I don't think so. But Cody, so you know they have the Dusty Roads
1: Classic, and mm-hmm. Cody said that even though if he gets the the trademark, he will still allow them to do the Dusty Roads Classic because he wants to, you know, his dad to be remembered in that company yeah, because course, he was a big I part of that company. Yeah. So I mean, all the like match Beyond and quick. stuff, all yeah. the WCW stuff has been, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, all that was like counterfiled, but the both Cody Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes were, were good. And I think you mentioned to me a long time ago that D- Cody was told that he could use the Cody Rhodes name, even though um, he he didn't have the trademark. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I had heard that um, on one of the podcasts I was listening to, and uh, I, I assumed that AEW didn't want to risk it. Um, it. It seems like something WWE would do, like to throw it, like, yeah, you can use it and sue the crap out of you. Right. Yeah. I, I could see him doing that. Um, yeah, Cody actually mentioned on, uh, I think it was the AEW Unrestricted podcast, that you know all these different uh, WCW trademarks he was filing for, the one that he really wanted was, I think, Starcade. Yeah. Uh, which is really the He's one. He's not getting he Starcade. Sorry. His dad really, really uh, influenced, but uh, yeah, he they're they're not getting that one, but uh, you know, it's it's nice to see him actually allow. I mean, you it's not his real name, but it dang well may as well be. I mean, right. he never. It, 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 I don't think he walks around and if checks into a hotel, he probably doesn't check in as Cody Runnels. He probably probably not. checks in as Cody Rhodes, right? Uh, unless he's trying to you know stay under the radar a little bit, but yeah, I, I think it's really cool of him, uh, especially with. You know, his brother Dustin and, and Brandy being able to use the Rose name. It, yeah. it doesn't benefit them anything to keep it. And it really does give them some good uh, some good leverage, I guess, if they were to uh, allow him to have that. Yeah, good PR. Yeah, good marketing. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, because
3: it generates those, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah.
1: But anyway, we got way off topic. That's cool. I had I was having fun talking to you guys. So, Cody's sitting at this like control center type thing with a bunch of monitors, and he is basically going over everyone else that remains in the TNT Championship tournament, and he's putting them all over basically. And he says, "You know, no one." He says, "If I can't win this tournament, then who am I? If I was future endeavored at the other other place." Then, what are my future endeavors? And he talks about how no one has this like will or desire that he does. I think it is pretty clear at this point that they are going to be doing Cody versus Archer. I, I can't imagine Cody losing to Darby right? Th- no, not at this point. I can't. Um, it wouldn't blow my mind to see him draw again and then maybe do a triple threat match. But I I can't see Cody losing a Derby at this point. But I
2: thought it was a really good segment. Did you like it, Micah? I did. I really like the segment. And I think we can confirm now that uh he is the SmackDown hacker. Um, <laughs> the up. Uh, he's the one that uh that's been watching over our boy Otis. And uh, yeah. yeah, he's obviously got some ties back to Otis somehow. Yeah, that I really did like kind of it. amazing. It was one hundred percent a role play of Captain Kirk, though. You know, oh, yeah. for Cody Mine, with, yeah. uh, big Star-, Star Trek nerd, uh, Mark. Yeah, I really enjoyed the segment. Uh, all of these opening promos have been really great through these empty arena shows. And I think it's the perfect way to start an empty arena show, too. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
1: So we move on. Chris Jericho and Tony Skiavone are running down the card, which uh, we're not going to do because we're just going to tell you about all the matches. But our first match was Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, which I might have just spoiled. But sorry, guys. Um, which is the first round TNT Championship Tournament match. And this match, I thought, was pretty solid. And, honey, I want to ask you about this one here in just a second. So, you know, Darby and Sammy just had a very good match. on. Well, it was a pay-per-view, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Revolution. was uh, their most recent. It was Revolution. They had their match at Revolution. And it was very, very good. Very good. Yeah. I'm not convinced this one was better. Mostly because I didn't really care for the ending with that the the Last Supper. I, it's fine, I guess. I don't really like that kind of stuff, but um, I don't I don't think it's going to help get Darby over. I much much prefer the Coffin Drop, but I can understand why he's doing that with no fans. But I it was still really good. What did you think, Honey? Did you like this match?
3: I mean, I love Sammy and Darby, so pretty much time they're in the ring, I'm I'm excited, and I I love seeing them face each
2: other. Yeah, Sammy bled in this match too. He cut his mouth. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't like a blade job. That was that was bleeding the hard way. Yeah, one hundred percent. I really liked the so one thing I really liked about this match, and I know you didn't ask me, but I don't care. Uh, one thing <laughs> I liked about this match is you see it a lot in AEW where we've harped on it, harped on it, where it's no DQ no matter what. So right. to get around that, they wanted some no DQ Canadianians. I think they did the same thing on their last match, if I remember correctly. They before the bell rang, they got all yep. their DQ stuff in. Uh, yep, one hundred percent. Put Sammy in a ladder bridge setup. And normally, wrestling federations use aluminum ladders. And they used a fiberglass ladder. And I don't know if you know much about ladders, but a fiberglass ladder is much harder to break than an aluminum ladder. Yeah. And, oh boy, I think Guevara needs to go to the hospital. This, yeah, it was this- weird. Sammy jumped on Darby, and I felt like Sammy took the brunt of that. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was the other way around. Yeah, either way, yeah. they're both dead. Uh, it, The whole match seemed kind of like any, any of their matches, I think, will probably end up this way. But, like, who can kill themselves first? Uh, mm-hmm. You've got... Darby running the the uh barricades and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I know you you said you didn't like the ending and you think maybe he's doing it because it's empty arena, but he coffin dropped off of that goalpost or whatever it was like That's two true. weeks ago. I don't yeah. think he's not doing it because of the uh the uh empty arena. I think he's just trying to to branch out a little bit because let's be honest, you can't do the coffin drop forever. That's uh, true. He'll die immediately if he if yeah. he'll he'll ruin his career in three years if he does it too yeah. much. And he he can't do it every night. He shouldn't do it every night. Um I will agree I don't think this match was as good as Revolution. I still think it was the best match of the night. It was solid, um, yeah. And I actually really liked the finisher. Uh it was like a it was like a it looked like a, a sharpshooter, but he like moved it into like a crucifix pin. Right. I really like cool-looking pins like that. Like, I'm not huge on surprise roll-ups, but when I see somebody win on a really cool technical pin that I've never seen before, that obviously their opponent probably couldn't prepare for because they'd never seen it before either, uh, I, I really like that. So I am I am against you on that ending. I think the ending was very good. Okay. All right. Uh, so we move on to Broken
1: Matt Hardy. And, Rally, I'm not skipping you, but after this Kenny Omega, so I want to make sure you get to talk to him. So, honey, I'm going to ask you about Matt Hardy. Because I know your opinion on Matt Hardy is very different than ours, but this was a a very different type of segment. So basically, Matt Hardy's at his compound and he's complaining that Chris Jericho did not, um, has not responded to his challenge where he invited Chris Jericho to the compound. But maybe Chris Jericho will answer to his vessel. Maybe Chris Jericho will respond to the one that will not die. And Broken Matt Hardy flashed to regular Matt Hardy. And it was, in my opinion, so freaking cool. It was just so good. Regular Matt Hardy cut a promo about how sometimes Chris Jericho and he have been friends. Sometimes they've been enemies, but they've known each other for like 20 years. And it flashed back and forth, I think, twice. And it was just, I thought it was really cool. Um, He invited Sammy Guevara to come fight him, if, if Sammy was the only one that had the balls, as Matt said uh to actually even mention his name. And if he wants to fight Jericho's fight for him, that's fine. Now honey, I know you're not real big on the Matt Hardy stuff compared to the three of us because you don't like the wonderful wonderful. But what do you think of this promo? I
3: don't dislike Matt Hardy. Um I just don't have the history with it. Yeah. I think that you do, which is what I think was good about this segment. So if you have somebody like me who doesn't have who's not going to mark just because it's Matt Hardy, um doing Matt Hardy things you had him be you know straight for for a minute yeah it was very relatable so it gave me a chance to go oh this is the man behind the mask right you kind of latch on a little bit and it's very it's very relatable and it, it, it I think it will help the gimmick last longer if they do this every now and then yeah. I, I would do it again if I was them I would like do this back and forth thing every now and then not too much because you overdo it right But once in a while, just to kind of remind you, it it helped me being kind of on the outside. Yeah.
1: I don't know if this is something that he did in TNA or not, but I do know that when he was on Talk is Jericho, he said that this, this, whatever, Damascus... Can switch back to regular Matt Hardy, and that is something that he will use sparingly.
2: You know, the word you're looking for is essence. Essence.
1: essence. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he he
2: didn't do that in TNA. Um, he he wasn't. I didn't able think to he did, but I was, didn't want it it. to say no and miss it. Between, I think it was Zenith was the last essence. Right. Um, yes. it's really it's. I really like it. I'm, I'm all yeah. for it. I like Matt Hardy, and I like Broken Matt Hardy. In small doses, so I think this is the perfect way to do it. Yeah, agreed. And he talks after they
1: got back. Chris Jericho says that Matt should shut his mouth, and that the circle that is inner will show up at his compound if he doesn't watch it. So it's good. All right, you, Riley. Let's talk about Alan Angels versus Pumpkinhead over here. <laughs> so Kenny Omega versus Alan Angels was very long. And I'd like to know your thoughts on that and what you thought of this match.
4: Um, I enjoyed the match. Uh, I guess I expected it to be a squash match where Omega just comes out and uh, pins him or does his V trigger or whatever, and then pins him for the three like really soon. But it didn't happen that way. I think it was nice because you're you're putting somebody over who wouldn't probably be on the stage if it wasn't for. All this going on, um, yeah. but I enjoyed the match and I liked the story, like that Kenny was showing on his face, like he was like, "Are you serious? Like, really? Come on!" And he it was like he wasn't taking this guy seriously, right? And then he was like, "Okay, so he's kicking out. All right. Okay, so I've got to I've got to work a little bit harder." And then he finally he gets the three. So um, I I liked it. I like any match that he's in. Um, he's great.
1: So this is a weird thing for me and Micah. I want to know if you you think I'm out of line here. I I enjoyed this because I thought Alan Angels did a good job. Obviously, I love Chris or Kenny Omega having a long match, but I think that at some point, if you want Kenny Omega to be one of your biggest stars, if not your biggest star in the company, if he can't beat this, take him ten minutes to beat this Jobber. That by the way, the entire match Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho were burying. I don't know. You mean Laura Ingalls? Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't understand. Like, I, I wouldn't think I would have been okay with this if Jericho and Tony would have been like, man, this Alan Angels guy, he's really got some fight in him. Oh, my gosh. Like, he's taking Kenny Omega to the limit. He must be better than we think because Kenny Omega is the best. I'm like, yeah, but they buried him the whole time. And if WWE would have did this, I would have ranted about it for an hour. So, yeah, am I wrong
4: of what they do with Alistair Black? Like yeah. that one match a couple weeks ago, right. He was in, and it took him so long to take this guy down, and it was a jobber. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I see what you mean there. I mean, it was a good yeah. match, but so Alistair Black one was. I really had,
2: cool. I when I first saw this match, I was like, man, that was really long for a squash. That, that doesn't make much sense to me. Looking back on it, the match actually told a pretty good story. It did. Uh, the match was good. Don't get me wrong. Kenny Omega being the baby face that he is, he wanted to give this guy a chance, right? Yeah. He wanted to let this up-and-comer. Uh, Kenny Omega, the person in Kenny Omega in kayfabe, wanted to give this guy a chance, you know, didn't want to bury him. So let's let's put on a little bit of a match. He's going to try 50% or whatever. And, and eventually, he's like, oh, crap, this guy's pretty good. All right, well, I need to try a little bit more and then a little bit more. And then eventually, he V-triggers him. And the guy kicks out. And that's my one problem with this match. The V-Trigger is one of his finishers. And the fact that he was able to kick out of one of Kenny Omega's finishers really bothered me. Uh, He finally started trying. He should have V-Triggered him, kicked his head off, and pinned him. Uh, I think it ended up taking two V-Triggers. Which, again, he doesn't get very many pins on the V-Trigger. It's almost always the one-winged angel. Right. uh, Which I, I think is another problem. But... I I I, I like the story the match told, but I think it was just not executed 100% perfectly, uh, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I'm sure. yeah and, and I do think Alan Angels was very good. Uh, he didn't come off as an uh, indie jobber that you would be like, yeah, well, you deserve to get squashed. He actually performed really well in the match. Like all of the NXT guys are looking yeah. like on Raw and SmackDown right now when they're supposed to be
1: going up against AEW on Wednesday nights. Yep uh scorpio sky had a really cool segment next and honey i know you don't have any experience with scorpio sky other than when we started watching aew what did you think of this and do you want to see more segments like this
3: this was really well done i enjoyed this and uh yeah i think more of this especially right now when you don't have live audiences and you're 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 showing pre-recorded things or or whatever this is a good time for stuff like this and it's a good way to fill time um, with something that's interesting and that maybe, you know, not all of your fan base is aware of. So it's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. And he talked about how, you know, he thought he was done. It was, it was really cool. And he fixed, uh, he worked through that injury. He said that he didn't know if we believed in miracles, but um, he does. And it just, it worked out for him. He had a second chance. He formed S C E with Christopher Daniels, who you heard at the beginning of the show and Frank Gazarian. And uh, yeah. It worked out for him. And we love Scorpio Sky. I mean, he's super athletic. He's super good. So we're glad we're and I like this. I want to
2: see more of this stuff. It's really and good this- during this time to do that. Exactly. As well. That's what I was it's, about to say. It's so good. It'll fall off your mind. Yeah. Because, yeah, man, it seems like forever ago. When's the last time you saw the Lucha Brothers wrestle? I, I mean, know. Golly, who are the Lucha Brothers anymore? It's been like yeah. years, it seems like. And and yep. Pac and even the Young Bucks. If you didn't watch BTE, when's the last time you saw the Young Bucks? It's just yeah it's uh it's been a while it's their
4: own fault because they need to watch bt anyway
2: yeah you should watch bt it's good <laughs> it's good uh, have you seen bt this week by the way i have
1: watched the first 100 and i've watched up to episode 199 so no i have not seen episode 200 or 201 yet well, i will not spoil episode 201's ending for you then okay i heard about the clouds in the sky if that's what you're talking about yeah hashtag ftr yeah <laughs> so really cool um, we go. We get a clip of Dustin Rhodes saying that he'll retire if he doesn't beat Kip Sabian. I think, if I remember right, it was the same, the same one that showed uh, Cody listening on his answering machine. Mm. It was fine. I hate stuff like that because it spoils the ending. Uh, I think there was some chance that Kip Sabian could have won, but after that, yeah, it was really none. Right? I mean, yeah, Dustin Rhodes like is retiring.
2: All. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. No, I, I know I think- they're trying to draw in viewers, but go ahead, Carol. I'm sorry.
3: No, I think when you do something like that, um, where you give us that big of an ultimatum, it's like, well, that's very unlikely. Yeah. So now I know the ending. Right. Especially in
4: an empty arena show.
3: Like, that's yes. going to be a
4: retiring match. Yeah, I don't against
1: think so. Kip Sabian?
2: Nothing against Kip, but my gosh. Yeah.
4: Like, I don't yeah. believe it. It's not believable. I would get it if it was, like, against Cody, maybe.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think the way they should have booked the show is to have Dustin and Kip open the show and Darby and Guevara in the show, and that would have been fine. But instead, they put Dustin and Kip closing the show, and they thought, man, how do I keep the ratings up? Because this isn't two stars, I- at least, anymore. I know Dustin's yeah. a legend, but he's not a star in people's minds. Like, even I would say Darby Allen is. Uh, if I'm watching, if I have the choice between two matches, I'm choosing the one with Darby Allen in it. Right. But if I had to choose between uh, a match with Adam Cole versus a match with Dustin Rhodes, I'm choosing the match with Adam Cole. I would switch over to NXT if I was a casual fan. Baby. Right. So I think they were like, oh, well, we need to give some emotion to it. But it just took me out of the match because now I'm like, hey, Dustin's going to win. All right. Well, I thought Kip might pull this one out, but I guess not. So yeah, I, I don't like it at all. I don't, I don't like that.
3: Yeah, and and that uh, you could have used a different condition, and I can't think of one, but that condition is just too is too steep.
2: Yeah,
1: I I, I get it. Yeah, AW does have a history of swerving, like when Chris Jericho said, if you know John Moxley walks out tonight, I'll be gone for thirty days. No, I'll be gone for sixty, and we're like, oh, perfect, because he has to go tour with Fozzie. and then of course John Moxley didn't walk out that night, and no one expected it. Yeah. So to be fair, they they have a history of. Swerving people, but it's happened once. And WWE is what wrestling has been for 20 years now, so or 15 years, I guess I should say. But the reality is, we're so conditioned to go, oh yeah, well of course he's gonna, mm-hmm. of course he's gonna win. So AEW they gotta tread lightly with this kind of stuff. I thought this was a, I, I didn't like it. So if it would have been a very important match, which it really wasn't, sorry. But if it would have been a super important match, I would have been really bummed. Yeah, so uh, they advertised the 200th episode of Being the Elite, which we will watch before AEW tomorrow. Uh, And then we get to Orange Cassidy versus Jimmy Havoc. And I don't understand how you can tell me that a match with Orange Cassidy isn't the best of the night. I'm kidding. It's not. Darby and Sammy was.
2: But this was really good. You want to tell us about it, Micah? Um, I'll be honest with you. I really didn't like this match. No, I didn't. Okay. I did not like. I first of all, I don't really like Jimmy Havoc that much. Uh, second of all, I don't, I don't think Orange Cassidy came off like Orange Cassidy in this match. I think that he needs, I think Orange Cassidy needs a crowd, and I think it was a bad idea to put him in an arena show. Personally, okay. Uh, he was a ratings draw. That the top ratings of the night was when he was on the screen. Wow. Well, uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the match. Um, it was just. <laughs> It was just uh, uh, kind of the same story we see with Kip Sabian every match. You know, you had the interference back and forth. Uh, Orange Cassidy did his normal Orange Cassidy stuff. Uh, he did the hands in the pocket, the Kip up, you know, the suicide dive, the lazy splash and all of that. But it just didn't come off very well in this match to me. Um, of course, the match ended with some Penelope Ford shenanigans, which I'm honestly getting tired of. Um, Chuck Taylor tries to get her to get down she goes to kick him kick him, and he catches it, throws it down and then she goes into her little split split thing and uh, Kip Sabian goes to clear out the best friends with a big senton uh, Penelope Ford leaps off the top rope and she doesn't hit anyone instead, Orange Cassidy used it as a distraction to get a surprise roll up on Jimmy Havoc. I don't know I would have much preferred this if Cassidy just got a clean win over Jimmy Havoc, maybe Uh, because, I mean, really, what kind of push is the guy getting at this point? Okay. He he could have taken that loss. I don't know. I'm glad Cassidy didn't lose. But, uh, yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like the finish. I didn't like, really love the match. So, maybe Riley disagrees with me, because I know she loves Orange Cassidy. what you think, Riley?
4: I mean, I love Orange Cassidy, but I also am not too impressed with Jimmy Havoc right now. Um... I think the surprise roll-up was fine because I think that they're trying to push Havoc and um, Luther.
2: Yeah, and stuff yeah.
4: Like that. Like, and Havoc's supposed to be this guy who can take a bunch of like hits and bumps and all that. And he's supposed to be like, hey, I'm going to staple you with a staple gun. He also chewed a on
2: Cassidy's hand at one point, which and is like, come on, man. And Social he, distancing.
4: Yeah, like put his hands <laughs> in his pockets forcefully and stuff like that. So I mean, I it was it was a it was an okay match. It wasn't my favorite type of match, but I was fine with him winning with the roll up.
1: Okay, I was too. I usually don't like surprise roll ups, but I think for Orange Cassidy it was fine. But it wasn't a great. It wasn't an amazing match, but I I, I, th- I thought it was fun, and that's what Orange Cassidy is supposed to be. So I, I but I do understand your complaints. I get it. So we go to the home of Maxwell Jacob. Friedman.
3: And we all need to take a moment of quiet respect for the injury this man has sustained.
1: You're correct. Would you like to tell us, because you know, he posted on Twitter, he's like, man, I'm really trying to work this injury out. I really want to get back for you guys. Which was very un-MJF-like, because he doesn't really break kayfabe. So, my sweet Carrie, why don't you tell me how this segment went? Do you remember?
3: He's uh, he, he tells us why he hasn't been wrestling on yeah. on dynamite, he has apparently sustained a very grave injury, a hangnail, uh which occurred what during his gambling? Days? I think that's
1: what he said, yeah,
3: yeah, so yes, so he's his hand is all wrapped up, and uh it's uh it's very concerning. you should be very concerned, yeah, yes,
1: he's standing in front of some mansion, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is not really his house. Uh,
2: yeah it was great it actually it actually said that it was mjf's rat's house i don't even know what that means are they saying it's, that it's his pet's rat's house and that's how rich he is is that what they're trying to say i guess i don't know I didn't, was that I didn't on dynamite that. i didn't see that It said mjf's rat's house so i'm assuming he has a pet rat and he's so rich this is his pet rat's mansion <laughs> i don't know that was really weird like they could have said mjf's dog house and i would get that better i don't understand Maybe I this is it. some sort of uh innuendo that I don't get. I don't know. I don't think so.
4: All right, all you MGFs out there.
2: <laughs> yeah, you MGFs.
4: Um comment <laughs> on wherever you can comment on this thing and tell us what that meant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
1: What's um, even better is someone went to Twitter and uh uh tweeted at MGF and says, Man, you know what? I understand what you're going through. I had a hangnail not long ago and you know, I, I, I can understand the pain. I hope you get better. And he replied, Don't make this about you. And it was so
3: good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And so did, good. Uh, so I, I've recently been on Cameo perusing. And, you know, there's there's wrestlers on there who charge $50, $100, $250. Mm-hmm. MJF charges $500. Uh, the,
1: there's only one other person that charges $500. That would be the nature boy Ric Flair, who, who <laughs> might actually be worth $500. So- I don't think MGF, and I think you might have said this, honey. I don't think yeah. MGF even cares if he does it. It's just another thing to get him in kayfabe. Yeah. And if someone's dumb enough to pay five hundred bucks for sixty seconds of his time, then so be yeah, it. I think 60 he's sixty he seconds.
2: Make... Yeah, sixty seconds for him to make fun of them. Yeah,
1: yeah basically. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Lee Johnson versus Wardlow is next. Wardlow looks awesome. He beat a little guy. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he Micah, killed a little guy. He sure did, Micah Brody Lee. I know you have not liked the Brody League segments at all, and after the Brody League segment from this week, I looked at my beautiful wife and I said, that was way better than
2: these last couple weeks, and I would like to know your opinion on it. I have the same opinion. I am glad they went back to the roots of what the Dark Order is, Mm -hmm. which is not just making fun of Vince McMahon, it is recruiting people into the Dark Order. Correct. Um, I don't know if you recognized, uh, Preston Vance. Probably. I did. He wrestled in Jacksonville wrestled in Jacksonville. Which, yeah. And they cut that match from dark. Know, yeah. They cut the match from dark. He was teamed up with Sean Spears. He had another dark match. He lost to somebody. I don't remember who it was. Um, he lost to Sean Spears or he, he tagged with Sean Spears. And they lost to the gun club in Jacksonville, but that was never posted for some reason. I'm assuming some sort of issue with the gun club since Billy guns name is no longer Billy Gunn. Um, i i really liked this i i i want more of this kind of stuff and they did poke fun at wwe um but this guy's perusing the internet his girlfriend has left him uh whatever he says he's in the he used to be on top of the world now he's in the bottom of life and he doesn't know what to do so he goes to the dark order website he was
1: like a heisman hopeful or something like
2: that yeah he was like a heisman hopeful and he got injured or whatever and wasn't able to play in the nfl so he goes to the Dark Order website, and then uh, you cut away to Brody Lee sitting there in his suit, uh, and you don't actually see Press Advance, but you just see the name in the newspaper clippings of the as he's scrolling through, I guess. Um, but you actually had had Brody Lee ask him was like, "Oh, how tall are you?" He's like 6'2". How much do you weigh? Two forty did you play football? Did you play college football? He's like, yeah, actually I did. And he's like, great, you'll work out. Yep. So I think that was a a, a poke at WWE. It a is. little more subtle. Subtle? A little more subtle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the epitome. of up. Hashtag no um, edits. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, It was a little bit more subtle of a of a quip and a poke at them, and I, I appreciate that more um, because if you're a casual fan, you wouldn't have noticed it, and you wouldn't have thought anything else about it. So the fact that they were able to throw that in was fine. And I want more of the Dark Order recruiting people. We still haven't yeah. seen anybody important get recruited by the Dark Order. Not even Brandon Cutler has got recruited by the Dark Order. We're still right? hanging this storyline out in limbo. I know everybody's messed up because – and all the storylines are messed up because of the uh, the whole situation. But come on, man. I want somebody. Somebody in the Dark Order. Um, apparently, his name is going to be Tim. I guess they're going with Uno, but uh, Grayson's there. He could be dose. I don't know. Uh, and then they had like uh, Grayson
1: Ford. was Dose in the Indies they were the super smash brothers player uno and player dose
2: yeah i don't know why he didn't go by dose um uh, maybe dosagi's didn't like it uh, <laughs> but that what was it 6 what? and 7 that you had squashed here recently uh so he's going to be 10 i think apparently. it was 7 and 7 and 8 or 8 and 9 he was he was fairly impressive uh, when we saw him he's huge huge guy uh so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing more of him and more promos like this. Yeah. uh Then Brother Lee beat a jobber. Beat a five year old. I was say,
3: this poor child.
4: I told,
2: I to... <laughs> told rally this is what I would look like if I wrestled.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time he's been out, though. Was he on dark? Is that what he, he no, uh, okay, was, was okay.
2: He got squashed. He's been on dynamite before.
4: Okay, it
1: it Lance Archer got squashed by? Uh, mm, I can't remember. Somebody. Wardlove, maybe? Yeah. No, Does it, doesn't matter. Wardlow? yeah He's dead now. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Justin Rest in Law. Justin Peace. But after after Brody Lee wins, he goes outside of the ring, and like
2: stares at Marco's stunt, and then walks to the back, building to the Dark Order versus Jurassic Express feud. Hopefully, that'd be yeah, great. I could see that mm-hmm. Brody Lee Uno and Grayson versus the Jurassic Express. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, they're re- restarting live tapings on on May sixth. Yep. If they were somehow able to get Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy out of uh, quarantine. Uh good Marco stunt squash would be great to lead into that little feud.
1: Yeah.
2: Have uh, The Dark Order back on the screen as well with Brody Lee. Uh Lucha Source versus Brody Lee would be great.
4: Hopefully he finds yeah. his tail before then.
2: Yeah. Hopefully. He's still, looking, still looking for his tail. What Hashtag a BTE. weird what a weird BTE segment this week's was. Oh boy. All of all of yeah. It's all as of as BTE I
4: is I weird. Acid. I've never no, taken acid. This is weird. But I feel like this is what it would have been like if I were to have taken acid. Never well now we it. have
1: to go watch it after we
2: finish recording <laughs> yeah this that was on 201 Maybe before you go to sleep it was huh. okay. super super weird uh it was like something you would see on like i don't know like adult swim or something it was, it was really i weird. don't
4: like saying using the word weird i'm just gonna say very creative it was weird it was creative
2: <laughs> okay uh, Riley. next segment
1: <laughs> i know you're a huge huge fan of the best friends right
4: but, but the, but, but the, but best friends. Okay. And
1: uh, so basically, they're backstage with Orange Cassidy and they're complaining about Penelope and Kip getting involved in the match earlier. And uh, they say they're going to have a match next week with Trent and Chucky versus Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. Did you like the promo?
4: I did. They're always so funny. Um, I
1: think Trent, I like Trent better than Chuck. Do you have a preference?
4: Um, I I do like Trent. I think a little bit more than Chuck. but I think that they complement each other. Um, I think you yeah. guys
2: are just fangirling over his abs and the fact Maybe. that Chuck doesn't have abs. Yeah, <laughs> What it is, sexy Chucky, Chucky T.
4: T. Chucky T wears a
2: t-shirt. Just just wait until Chuck. <laughs> just wait until Chuck <laughs> Taylor says the s word on Dynamite. You all, I know. you all know he's the best.
4: Yeah, the best the best no um but yeah i i really like how trent's so deadpan about everything like yeah. his humor he just keeps a straight face like he's being serious but it's so funny and then chuck taylor's more like the goofy one and then right cassie's like the quiet one
2: yeah yeah it's but i thought it was fun it was good trent, yeah. trent was quiet this week because he was angry right
1: uh, next we getting, uh, Marco stuff versus Brody Lee next week and Brody Lee's going to kill him. Yep. Let's do yep. it. Uh, the flim Flam dance. This is episode number two of the bubbly bunch.
3: The bubbly bunch.
1: So I know, Mikey, you did not like the bubbly bunch next week. And I, I want all of, all four of us to talk about this because this, this was a lot of fun. Last week? Uh, yeah. Last week's bubbly bunch. Uh, you said yeah, next well, week. Yeah. I, 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 next don't week? Have, yes, I don't Micah's have yet. is in the future. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I already know I'm not going to like next week's Bubbly Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so basically, long story short, they were all like, Jake, man, we're we're so sorry that you didn't win the title, man. We're really bummed. And Jericho's like, yeah, but let's get cheered up by doing a flim flam dance. And they start doing this like TikTok thing. And I'm, I'm far from a TikTok expert. All right. I'm 33 years old. But they had the little logo that was basically the TikTok logo in the corner. And, like, they had, like, a, like it was a phone, like, as a overlay. And uh, they were all dancing. And then, of course, Sammy dances better than anyone else. And Chris Jericho says, show off. And then he says he won, so he won, like, some hand sanitizer. He, like, throws his phone because he's mad that Sammy won. He didn't win. It, I, I did not like, okay, I don't want to say I didn't like last week's, but as I said last week, Or as I mentioned, it wasn't as good as what it should be, right? Like, I didn't like the Bubbly Bunch as good as the other Chris Jericho stuff. But I really liked this. It was really stupid, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Honey, what did you think of it?
3: I disagree with you. Everything Chris Jericho does is gold. How dare you?
1: What if I said he has a big forehead?
3: Get out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I I I would agree with you last week was like, oh, they're trying something new and it wasn't a hit, but yeah. it was like they could do things with this. So I was willing to hang in there, but this was this was very fun. I enjoyed yeah. this.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Riley?
3: Um I am going to disagree. I
4: liked last week's better and I think it's mainly because he spilled his orange juice and he didn't care about it. <laughs>
1: that was that hilarious. Was
4: really yeah. Um, but I mean, I really enjoyed this segment. But now all I can think of is that episode of The Office when they're whenever they're doing that um, movie for Michael Scarn and everybody's doing. The scarn.
2: Everybody does the Scarn. And that's <laughs> yeah. the
4: only thing I can think of, mainly because all of everything in my life, like I just it. Revolves around the office somehow, but that's how that's how I think of it. It's like everybody do the scarn. Like <laughs> I don't know, it, this is a really silly segment, but it made me smile, and I think that's what they're trying to do with it. And that's I'm fine with that.
2: well good. Yeah, yeah. I think if you like the segment, you should watch BTE because this is a very BTE type segment. Yeah, just just silliness. Okay,
1: but yeah, it was good. I'm glad you liked it. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to like it or not, to be honest.
3: I think the problem is we're trying to surpass, release the hounds, and right. we can't. Yeah. so
1: <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Dustin Rhodes with Brandy wrestled Kip Sabian with Penelope in the main event. Uh, there was a couple weird spots where Penelope interfered, but Brandy didn't really know, seemed to know where she was going or what she was doing. I'm not sure if she missed the spot or if Penelope made a mistake. Or perhaps the guys were in the wrong spot of the ring. I don't know, but it just came off as kind of weird. I thought the match was fine. It was not a AEW main event caliber match. Uh, I do love meet some Dustin Rhodes. Kip Sabian is super talented. Uh, love Penelope and Brandy. I thought it was just fine. And I, I think that might even be a little, I think saying it was fine might be even a little too complimentary.
2: So, uh, what do you think, Micah? Do you disagree with me? Uh, I'm pretty much just in line with you. I guess it's fine. I didn't, I could tell you I didn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> So I don't know what that says. That was funny. Um, it, it was a passable match. It, it Dustin Rhodes did a really good job of telling a story with his leg and his knee and all that. It was yeah. very old school style wrestling with that in that matter. But again, you had this stupid, you had Penelope Ford interfering, causing the end of the match. Just drawn out. We've seen it even on this show, seen it too many times recently. I get that's their thing, but can Kip Sabian even wrestle? I don't know, because every time his girlfriend gets involved and he either loses loses or wins because of her, I don't know. It's it's kind of of annoying, and uh, I don't think this really built up Dustin Rhodes to be a competitor at all against Lance Archer. He's going to die next week. Um, uh, Jake the Snake actually said in a promo that he's going to He's gonna effing kill him, I think is what he said uh, on a Twitter. He had a little promo he cut, which is looks to be true. Um, so that might be the end of Dustin Rose's career, not this week. Yeah. Well I'll tell you, Lance Archer's not gonna be able to do his finisher to Dustin
1: because even though he did it to Colt Cabana, a lot of that was because of Colt. Because it yeah. takes two people to pull off that move. And nothing against Dustin, man. He's so talented still at fifty plus years old, but
2: I don't I don't think he's gonna be able to pull that off. I don't want him to. Uh, no Dustin Rhodes does not need to be doing stuff like that uh he doesn't have anything to prove and I think that Lance Archer could beat him a myriad of other ways 100% two big boys fighting so let's let's grade this Micah would you like to start I guess I can what did I grade last week was it like a C minus I don't remember to be honest because like this was worse this this week was worse um, I, you gotta grade it by how good of wrestling was there. I really only r- really enjoyed one match, and that was Sammy versus Darby. Um, I'm trying to think of things that I really enjoyed from this episode.
4: Wait, you didn't enjoy Kenny?
2: Not really. I mean, it was <gasps> it was an okay match, but it wasn't a great match. It wasn't a W caliber match. I'm sure NXT probably had the better wrestling this night, which a lot of times they do.
4: No, it was boring.
2: Was it? I don't know. I don't. I don't watch it. Um, it's the because NXT the show episodes itself has been pretty boring. bad without fans. Um, they're, they're technical. The wrestling usually is better though from the stuff I've seen. This is a story. It just usually gets me. Anyways, we're not talking about NXT. We're talking about, <laughs> uh, I like the Matt Hardy segment. I like the flip the switch challenge he did on flim flam, which is a, a TikTok thing. Yeah. Uh, where you flip the switch and you change clothes or whatever. That's a thing. uh, yeah, I really only enjoyed one match. The rest of it was, eh, to okay. I think as far as AEW goes, this is one of their worst shows. Um, probably like a D plus, really. Okay, Riley, what do you think?
4: Mm.
1: Would you like me to give you more time?
3: <sighs> yes, thank
4: okay,
1: you. Okay, you. you have to go to Riley go last every
2: time. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, I don't feel very strongly against it um i would micah makes a good case though that there wasn't a lot of there wasn't as much good wrestling or good matches as we would like i i'm gonna i don't i i'm gonna go with my gut it says b minus which is probably being overly fair but i yeah b minus
1: the bubbly bunch was really good the opening match was really good the scorpio sky thing was really good Brody Lee's segment was really good. Won a whole lot of in-ring great this week, which is weird for AEW, but again, they don't have all their roster men. Like, they have people filling in for them. I don't know. I I don't want to cut them too much of a break because it's not fair that, you know, they can only do so much, but at the same time, they still have to be entertaining. And I thought they were entertaining, and I thought it was a good show, but was it a great show, especially compared to the other AEW Dynamites we've had? Nah, I'll say C+. I thought it was better than fine. Uh,
2: it was very watchable, but it wasn't great. Yeah, keep it? in mind, when I'm grading it, I'm not grading it on the curve of, you know, oh, they're in a bad situation. You know, I'm not giving them any slack because the first episode they had, I think it was, with no crowd, I think I gave it an A+, because it was fantastic. Yeah, it was incredible. And, and they're able to do stuff like that. Uh Obviously, it's hard to keep that up because they they recorded like eight weeks of shows in two days. So right. I understand. But still, grading the episode for the episode, I think it's a D plus. So just yeah. to, to, to lay that out there. But yeah, Riley, what did you think?
4: Well, to go off what you just said, I don't think that they can just keep up that superb like what they did the first time. Because, I mean, they really put a lot into that first fall. But then all the stay-at-home things started happening. So, a lot of the wrestlers couldn't make it. Like, wasn't Hangman in the one of the first? Yeah, Hangman so, and the Bucks were there. So, he's not in it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they can't do because of it. So, I disagree with you on that. Um, but I think I'm going to... Hmm. Oh, this is hard because I'm really... Like, I reserve my bad grades because... I just want to make sure that it deserves a bad grade before I give it because um, uh, I think I, I'm going to do a C plus on this one. Um, and I think that that's a bad grade. It's, that's worse than I usually grade these things. But it's mainly because there were a couple matches that I didn't really enjoy. And I mean, there's probably a lot of people that, that did enjoy it. It's just not my style of wrestling um, that I like. But I loved a couple of them, especially the Kenny Omega and then the Sammy and Darby match was great. Um, and then the different segments that weren't just wrestling. Um, but yeah, C+. plus.
1: Okay, great. We're going to move into SmackDown, so we're going to get Kyle in here, and we're going to say bye to Micah and Riley temporarily. And uh, we're going to hear from some other, other friends that uh, we really appreciate the kind words they said about, this, about us. So check that out, and we'll be right back. See you later. Hi, this is Devlin Anderson, pro wrestler for 17 years and co-host of Know Your Cinema Podcast. Here to wish all the folks at Wrestle Life Podcast a congratulations on 100 episodes. Keep up the good work, guys, and we'll see you down the road.
3: What's up, guys? This is Rain from WWE What If. My grade for achieving this milestone, A+++++. Plus, 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 plus. Congratulations on your 100th episode.
2: Hello, everyone. This is the one and only Wrestle Life heel here to celebrate 100 episodes of Wrestle Life Radio. This podcast has really come such a long way from our practice episodes to Matt actually interviewing wrestlers is is pretty amazing. I'm so honored to have been uh, one of the original members, one of the OGs of Wrestle Life Radio. And I just wanted to congratulate all you guys for everything that you've done, and all the special guests uh, that have been on the show. And thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of the centennial episode of Wrestle Life Radio.
1: And welcome back! Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. And thank you to our kind friends for saying such kind words. Yes, I said kind twice in about three seconds, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Micah and Riley are not here at the moment, but we are here, me and B-dubs, my beautiful wife Carol, with my cousin Kyle, because how can you have episode 100 without Mr. Kyle Pauly? And the only reason he's not in the entire episode is because today is his two-year anniversary with his girlfriend. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, it is our two-year anniversary, so uh, I could not miss the 100th episode, but I also did not want to get... I want to see a third year of our anniversary, so uh, <laughs> that's
1: why I'm here. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Why don't you, because I, I know you have to go, but let's yes. move right on, right on into SmackDown.
0: Yeah, uh, weird episode this week, <laughs> mainly fair. because of the ending, Yeah. Um, very strange, so basically we're back at the Performance Center, obviously, uh, and we open the show with The New Day, uh, we get a replay of... Biggie defeating the Miz and Jay Uso last week and winning the tag belts. They showed a clip of Biggie, Kofi, even Xavier Woods from home celebrating, uh, doing their, their thing. So, Biggie and Kofi come out, go to promo. Kofi praises Biggie for winning the titles, it gives him credit for, you know, winning the match. Uh, and, uh he, he tries to get the fans to cheer, but Biggie's quick to point out, uh, dude, there's nobody here, like not a soul. Then Kingston noted that, uh, they have more tag, t- like they basically run down a list of great tag teams, saying they have more reigns than, uh, the, like the Hart Foundation, the British Bulldog, Demolition. Uh, they just listed you know, like Edge and Christian, like tons of tag team names. Then they get interrupted by, of all people, the Lucha House Party.
1: Right, the the <laughs> team that has been right there in the tag team championship chase. Right, I mean, for years these guys have just been right there on the cusp.
0: Yeah, so much so they. Uh, they wrestled the debuting Forgotten Sons last week and lost. Right. So <laughs> don't don't know why they came out first, <laughs> but they come out and not not only did they lose last week, they come out and they immediately say, "We've sat in the back and watched other teams got title opportunities." And I was like, "You lost last week." Yep. So I I don't know. WWE tends to do stuff like this where they have people come out and say they don't get opportunities. But yet they're like losing every match, like I I, I think I forget who did it last time. Uh, I know like uh, the revival said it a bunch, and you know they always talk about how people made the joke out of them. And I'm like, well, you lose every match. I, I hate when they do this. But anyway, Baron they come and say, did it
1: a lot too. Like he lost to Roman Reigns fourteen there's, times. There's in been a the lot of people.
0: I think Natalius has said it before. Like, yeah, it happens all the or, time. Yeah, they they say they get passed by. And it's like I don't know. It's it's like a. Trying to break kayfabe, but I don't know. It's stupid. doesn't work. Basically, uh, like I said, they say that they haven't got any opportunities. So they wanted to come out and be the first to challenge New Day for their tag belts. But then the Miz and Morrison interrupt. They literally just walked by a lucha house party. just, like, they didn't even exist. Uh, they jumped in the ring. Miz pointed out, they never lost the tag titles in a tag match. He said, I lost it last week in a singles match. And I was like, all right. Uh, Morrison noted that New Day never beat them in a traditional tag match. Then the Lucha House party jumped in the ring. Grand Middle League screamed something in Spanish at the Miz and Miz, like, tapped Morrison. He's like, hey, you used to wrestle in Mexico. What did he say? And uh, Morrison acted like he didn't know what he said. And he's like, uh, he said positive things. He said you were great. Like, you know. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Biggie was like, I don't think it's what he said. And Kofi said, uh, yeah, I don't think I can repeat what he said. <laughs> but then uh, uh, Lindsay uh, did he translate what he said? He said something
1: else. He did. Uh, yeah. So I don't remember what it was though. I,
0: I can't remember either. And I didn't write it down, but uh then Forgotten Sons uh came out, which actually since they made their their debut last week and won, they at least have more claim than uh Lucha House Party. So they made their way to the ring. They jumped in, uh noted that since they've come home uh from defending their country, people have treated them like dirt. That's why they're the Forgotten Sons. Uh, they introduce, you know, each of their selves, which is good. So they say all the names. Steve Cuddler introduced himself. Um, who's the other one? The,
1: uh, Wesley Blake is Buddy Murphy's Blake. old tag team partner. Alexa <laughs> I, Bliss was their manager.
0: She sure was, but I, it was always a joke that, like, which one's Blake, which one's Murphy? And I, like, seriously couldn't remember Blake's name for a minute. Right. And then, of course, Jackson Riker, who is uh, Gunner from TNA, who looks awesome. Yeah, he does. Uh also funny, they accuse Miz of being a poser because he only played a marine on the movies, where uh, Riker and Cutler actually are former servicemen. Uh, Blake is not, but he's he's there. So they say that they're the real deal. Blake points out that uh, they'll never know uh, when they're going to strike, which is hilarious because he's like saying it all slowly, it's very similar to how Tamina says like, "Actions speak louder than words." Before she attacked, uh, who I think it was Tamina and uh, um. Lacey Evans just a couple of weeks ago, very similar to
3: that. So I would assume
0: it's the same writer. And you
1: but, can tell that they're heels because they were in Miz and Morrison's face, but they attacked Kofi Kingston and Big E.
3: But you'd never see it coming.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> and oddly enough, Morrison totally saw it coming because he <laughs> was like got in his fighting stance, ready to go. <laughs> so, but I guess New Day didn't see it coming, so they got elbowed, a brawl broke out. Uh, Basically, Ms. Morrison bailed right away. Lucha House Party got sent to the outside, and the Forgotten Sons beat down the New Day, and so they stood tall at the end of this. So, these Forgotten Sons are getting some shine here. They're getting pushed, so we'll see how it goes. It's funny
1: because they they were kind of literally forgotten in NXT. Like they were there for a long time and they never really achieved anything. So it's funny that they re- they're brought up to SmackDown and they're kind of a big deal now. I wonder if that's permanent or if it's like just for a feud and then they'll be forgotten about, like, all the other tag teams?
0: Well, I predicted as soon as they debuted, I, because they beat Lucha Party, and I said, I mean, I like the guys. I like Riker. He looks the best at all of them, but yeah, it's always Cutler and Blake who wrestle. And I sat on the show, and I told Mike, I was like, I would bet just give him a couple months, Vince will get over these guys, and they will be forgotten. Like, I just don't see them. We'll see, though. They, yeah. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I don't know. I just – not seeing anything special. Maybe something with Riker just because he looks really cool. And he like he was staring down Miz after that you're faking it, you know, comment or whatever. And he looked like he wanted to murder him. <laughs> so I, I like his look. I like his presence. But he's always kind of their manager. Like he doesn't really participate. So I, I don't know. They they were never my favorite at NXT, but we'll see. Maybe they'll treat him differently and do him kind of like the New Day and they'll kinda of take turns wrestling.
1: I always kind of took it where the reason he's not in the ring is cuz they kind of protected him when he wrestled he usually won and the forgotten sons never won. So right. they made Blake and Cutler, I think it's you said that the guy's name. Yeah. Blake and Cutler usually took the loss.
0: Yeah, so we'll see how they do, but they uh they stand tall here, so uh they're giving him a push. Um after that, we got a obviously this is uh this whole episode basically is highlighted by the uh, fact that this is Triple H's 25th anniversary, I guess, in WWE. Um, or was it his like 25-year milestone?
1: I have no idea. I don't know. I don't it's know. 25th something. Who cares? I'm
0: assuming it's his his 25th anniversary of being in WWE. It's 25 uh, years
1: of burying talent.
0: <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> so they, they show a clip of him, his debut as uh, Hunter Hirsch Helmsley. Um, so we're going to get all these throughout the night. So it's the first of many. Uh, then in the back, we have Ms. Morrison. They're furious about what happened. Uh, Renee asked them about, you know, for son's interference. They said they're more concerned about Lucha House Party and promised to deal with him later tonight. Uh, then we also got a recap of Corbin and Elias last week. Michael Cole notes that Elias, after the attack, his, his, what was it, his middle finger and his index finger are injured, and his he has a bruised larynx. Yep, so he can't so,
1: sing or play the guitar. Oh, no.
0: It's... <laughs> It's such like a wrestling... It, it can't just be his neck and his hand is injured. It's his guitar-specific fingers and his throat. So he can no- <laughs> neither play nor sing. So, it was hilarious. I actually thought, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, so then we got a money the bank qualifying match with Corbin versus Drew Gulak. Uh, Daniel Bryan obviously coming out uh, with Drew Gulak and uh, was with him at ringside. This is a actually a pretty good match i I thought um because corbin you know he he can be good but he's got to have somebody good to work with and gulak is definitely somebody good to work with uh basically gulak just played um the uh the underdog here corbin was the bigger stronger guy he had the they they kept quoting him as saying he had the golden glove boxing experience so he was like hitting with big blows and gulak just kept trying to take him down like um and kind of neutralizing him that way so he had like high crotch takedowns and uh he, he did, like, kicks to his legs and stuff, so he tried to, like, weaken him that way. But he had a tough time dealing with Corbin's size throughout the whole match. And Brian was cheering him on on the outside. They also pointed out that Daniel Bryan won the Money in the Bank in, I think, 2011. And also pointed out that Corbin had also won the Money in the Bank contract, but failed to cash it in and win the title. And they said something like 82% of the superstars who have done it actually won the title. But Corbin was one of the, what, 18%? Uh, math. I'm a designer, so math. <laughs> Kyle, no good at math. Hashtag math. Uh, math is hard. Yes. So uh but I think I got that uh right. You <laughs> so, did. So Gulak, uh he, like I said, he's basically the underdog throughout the match, but was able to kind of make a comeback, started to get some momentum, but then like out of nowhere, like like a bunch of goons, uh Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro came and just They were on the other side of the guardrail and just pulled Daniel Bright over the guardrail and started beating him up. Uh, And then they hopped over. Gulak jumped off the apron and attacked Corbin, was about to attack Nakamura, but uh, Corbin came around the corner and threw him into the post, threw him into the ring, hit the end of days and picked up the win. So uh, Corbin qualifies for the Money in the Bank match. Gulak does not. And then after the match, they continue the beatdown. Cesaro and Nakamura hold Gulak as Corbin hits him in the neck with a scepter. So he puts him down. So I don't know if these guys – we haven't seen Sami Zayn in a while, basically since Mania. So uh, I don't know if these three guys are together now or what the deal is, but they were together this week.
1: Hey, real quick before we move on. Yes. There were four people to fail to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Mm-hmm. Can you guess who they are?
0: Corbin was one. Uh-huh. Uh, What was his name? Uh, Mizdao. Yep. Uh, Damien Sandow. Sandow. Yep. He was one, I think. Uh, Was Rusev one? No. No, he was not. I can't remember the other two.
1: Do you have a guess, Kerry? Uh, the other two were Braun Strowman okay. and John, John Cena.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he won by disqualification
1: he... against CM Punk.
0: Right, cause he uh, he was a man and wanted to challenge him. Like he, he told him when he was gonna cash it in, and then he lost it. Like a dweeb.
1: Yeah, and Strowman's was like he was. There was that terrible Hell in a Cell match, the second worst Hell in a Cell match of all time I guess Roman Reigns, where Brock Lesnar beat him up, and they're just like we're just gonna call this match now, and they canceled it, double DQ yep. or whatever, <laughs> in a Hell in a Cell match. That's well, whatever. Yeah,
0: so we'll see if the next the next guy who wins it after this crazy Money in the Bank if he ends up cashing it in. But we also got a reminder that uh, Rob Gronkowski is still the 24-7 champion. Uh, they did know that he is returning to the NFL, but he would still be defending that 24-7 title. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Maybe he'll just hold on to it for the whole season.
1: Maybe he'll lo- he'll probably lose it in training camp or something, and they'll make a big deal out of it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure something like that will happen. So uh, then we got a Seamus squash match. He... Kill this other guy. Like, just beat the snot out of him. Like, I would hate to be anybody getting squashed by Sheamus because he, like, literally just beats the crap out of you. So beat this guy to a pulp with, like, you know, just just clovering blows. Hit him with a broken kick, picked up the win. Uh, they kept saying that Sheamus was, like, kept demanding respect. Obviously, as Cole. Basically, after every time he squashes somebody, Michael Cole talks about Jeff Hardy. Last week, Sheamus, you know, voiced his displeasure with Michael Cole. So, of course... After Seamus kills somebody, Michael Cole still goes on and talks about Jeff Hardy. <laughs> so uh, they talk about this chapter three, the redemption. And uh, it's it was weird because, obviously, the redemption is the fact that Jeff Hardy, after all his trials and tribulations, uh, they highlighted the fact that Matt and Jeff returned at WrestleMania 33 and won the tag team titles. Yeah. So they play it off like this is his redemption, but uh, this part before where they talked about his arrest in 2018... It actually happened after the WrestleMania return, so right. Mm, WWE, they they shuffled the cards a little bit here. It, it doesn't quite line up, but uh, also they also, they noted that Jeff, uh, the the whole WrestleMania coming back and coming to back to WWE, he said him and his brother. Well, he I don't think he actually said his brother, but he no, said he we, did. But
1: he never mentioned Matt by name, and yeah, they did their he, he best said, to hide Matt. They only showed his face like two or three times.
0: Yeah, like basically when they came back at Mania, they showed him on the ramp. Yeah, uh, but Jeff made a note to say that we want to we start our careers here and we're going to end them here. And I was like, right. mm, one so of you to. will. <laughs> so, yeah, so they basically got this redemption and then they teased next week will be part four, the comeback. So we'll see if Jeff Hardy actually makes his re- return next week. But after this, we actually had uh, this package show. Uh, then we had Miz and Morrison come out. We go to commercial break, and then we come back to have uh, Cole and Corey Graves still at the ringside, and then Shane was just standing there. I'm like, <laughs> so he just, just stood there the entire time, like through a commercial break, through an entrance, like all this stuff, and he's just like staring Cole down because he's a staring jerk. at Michael Cole. <laughs> he runs over and just like rips his headset off; his ear flies off of his headset. John Heidenreich uh, version two. Yeah, Cole just cowers like a dweeb. Yeah, And, uh, yeah. I'm not going to uh, lie, Michael if Cole, Sheamus
1: was angry at me and ripped off my headset, I might cower just a little bit. But he boy. deserved it.
0: He deserved it, because he, he knew he couldn't, like, go to, like, management and say, I mean, guys, do we really have to do the segment right after the Sheamus match again? You know what he's going to do. Like, yeah, I feel like Michael so. Cole's
1: got a little bit of pull. He's been around a long time.
0: Yeah, so he could have moved this one segment or two, but he didn't, so he has his head shirt ripped off. Uh... But then we had a lucha house party versus Ms. Morrison. And basically this, I mean, this match was fine. Like we had some cool lucha, you know, house Party spots like they normally do basically. But the story of the match was Ms. Morrison dominated the entire time. But at the, toward the end of the match, uh, mentally actually got a hot tag, went for a moonsault off the top rope of Ms. Uh, got to his feet. He locked him in a skull crushing finale like, you know, he normally does, but for some reason threw him up in the air. I don't know what he was about to do, but Metalik was able to roll him up and he pinned the Miz for a surprise win. So it seems to be the story is Miz keeps blowing this for Miz and Morrison. Right. So we'll see if that creates some uh, friction between the two. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Miz loses once again and Lucha House Party actually wins. So at least, hey, now they have some kind of claim of like, now we can be a part of this thing. So I actually like the them getting the win here. So, you know, because if, if they would have just lost, it's like, well, then what are they even doing in this match? But here's the makes problem. Sense now.
1: When is the last time they've had a win on TV?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but at least they got one here. Because uh, I could totally see WWE making them lose here and then they still just go in the match like normal. And right. It's like, why? So they at least got a win here. And like I said, they're obviously telling the story that The Miz is, you know, coming up short in these matches. So it looks like it's going to lead to some friction between him and Morrison later on. Okay. So uh, after this match, we got a recap of Tamina uh, defeating Sasha Banks last week to earn a title shot against Bayley. They showed uh, Sasha Banks trying to get involved, to which, uh, or sorry, Sasha Banks was wrestling Tamina and Bayley was trying to get involved which brought Lacey Evans out. and uh, She basically neutralized Bailey, allowing for Tamina to pick up the winner of Sasha last week. And then, of course, uh, at, I think in some segment last week, Lacey Evans had Sasha's name crossed down on her fist, saying she was going to punch her. So Bailey and Sasha come out first, and Banks has a fan, I guess, mocking uh, Lacey Evans, but it's like a church fan. Yep. And it's got, uh, uh, instead of like the little other paper with like the sermon of the week or whatever on the <laughs> print on the front of it. She has Lacey Evans daughter's face on it. Yeah, it's um, super weird. Very weird. Uh, this is like, you know, a, t- a tactic that they've kind of used before to poke fun at Lacey Evans and, you know, get her angry. But uh, I was like, Oh man, Lacey's going to come out. She's going to be all pissed off and she's going to go after these two. But no, she just comes out like poses on a ladder. She's got her little fan waving. She doesn't even care that she, they have this picture anymore. So I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, But actually, they got in the ring, had a pretty good match. The story of the match was uh, Lacey, you know, did pretty well. She actually nearly had the win here. They had a pretty back-and-forth win. Uh, Evans rocked Banks with a women's right toward the end of the match and looked like she was going to pick up the win. But Bailey put Banks' foot on the ropes, uh, you know, and saved her. The referee caught it, and so it, it saved Charles Banks. Bailey was, like, on the ring apron. She's like, oh, she's like, great ring awareness, great. And then, like, Lacey Evans recognized right away. She just, like, grabbed a handful of Bailey's hair. Bailey starts freaking out. She pulls Bailey into the ring, like, tries to beat her up. Uh, But while she's doing this, Banks gets back up and rolls her up. But uh, Bailey's in the ring, so the referee's trying to get her out. Uh, Bailey's, like, freaking out and yelling at the ref. This distracts the referee. So Banks gets, like, a five count on Evans with the roll-up. So the ref turns around goes for a count. Evans is able to kick out. Banks gets mad. She sees Bailey was there, you know, like in the ring. Uh, so she, like, stands up and goes over, and tells her to stay out of this. And uh, Bailey's trying to console her, like, no, like, we, you know, I was doing this for you. Like, you know, it wasn't like that. And so Banks turns around, gets leveled with a women's right, and Evans pinzer qualifies for the women's money in the bank ladder match. So dissension between Banks and Bailey once again. But I'm just sitting here thinking, they're both heels. They're both horrible people. Who are we supposed to root for at the end of the day? Like, because I mean, one of them's going to turn on the other one, right? So, who's going to care when they do? Like, I, I don't know. We'll see what they do with it, but yeah, I don't see like who comes out, you know, good after this. That's I mean, a good
3: point. Like, yeah, go who's going to care when they do? Like, maybe weeks ago, but if they drag it out. They they do that. They drag things out so long that when they the payoff comes, it's like, I don't really care now.
0: Yeah. And they've like gone, like they've gone so headstrong of like Bailey being the bad heel to like kind of overcome her face gimmick. Like when she was the good guy, but like, she's been so horrible. It's like, I can't even see her logically just turning on a dime and be like, become a good person again. And banks the same way. She was kind of been this, you know, a horrible person. So I, yeah, I don't see how they can even, so yeah, so basically, they they were still kind of arguing with each other. Uh, they walked up to the top of the ramp, and then Tamina's music hits. They stand there like idiots. They're, they're just like, what? "What's going on?" And then Tamina just super kicks Bailey out of nowhere, and Sasha and Tamina just stare at each other.
1: Yep. Super. And they just
0: walk off. <laughs> so very strange, but yeah, Bailey and Sasha, I guess, are going to break up at some point. Uh, then we got the history of Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. It's just basically a package, a video package, you know, highlighting Braun Strowman's time as a Wyatt family member. Uh, just showed him beating Goldberg. Showed Wyatt challenging Strowman last week, the whole present gimmick, and that was it. So it was basically a long recap. And if you've watched any WWE over the last year or so, a couple years, and know anything about these guys, you know all this information, so it's probably nothing new. Uh, Then we got a recap of Mandy, Otis, Sonia, and Dolph, their whole lover's quarrel they have going on here. Uh, And then we had a segment in the back where Dana Brooke approached Carmella. Uh, Brooke noted that Carmella has a Money in the Bank qualifying match next week. So uh, Carmella and Dana uh, basically talk about focus on on their tag match later tonight. And then we get a tease for next week. Otis is going up against Dolph Ziggler one-on-one. And then Mandy is going against Carmella in her qualifying match. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, that next week.
1: Why not Sonya?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I guess she's probably going to play a part in Mandy losing. I would think we'll so, see. too. Yeah. yeah, that's my guess. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see. And maybe she'll get a qualifying match later. I don't know if there's any more left to go. But, uh, yeah, maybe, that, maybe she's got a shot to get in one. Well, Apollo Crews,
1: um, uh, spoiler alert for later in the episode, is not able to keep his spot in the men's money in the bank, so maybe she'll uh, pop on pop on in there. Maybe, yeah. yeah.
0: We'll see. She, we'll see. She's a real fighter, so she's got a shot. Yeah. Uh, we got another clip for Triple H's 25th anniversary with the uh, injury to his quad in May 2000 or uh, yeah 2001 and his return, which is probably my favorite Triple H memory. Yeah, I did confirm, by the way, it's
1: 25 years from his WWE debut. Gotcha. That was in 95.
0: Yes. After this, we have the women's tag team title match with Bliss Cross Applesauce against Brooke Mella. Uh, no, no, you're not getting a response from that. No. Dana. Nope. Uh, I don't know. It's bad. <laughs> Is it worse than Bliss Cross Applesauce?
1: No. No. <laughs>
0: okay uh, This match was bad
1: And short uh, And pointless Very short, short. Yeah
0: no, Not a lot happened It was not very good uh, Yeah uh, the, Basically the only notable thing in it Carmella was in the ring um, She was going up against Bliss Nearly had her beat She hit her with a super kick uh, But Or actually She did the Like uh, The Matrish, Which is like the Trish Stratus uh, has Bliss up on the top turbo and does like grabs her with her legs and flings her over, but Nikki Cross made a blind tag. Um, she got in and went for her neck breaker, but Carmella reversed it. They did a bunch of like slow reversal block moves, and then basically Carmella walked into a modified 3D with a DDT. It was very clunky. It seems like a very difficult move to hit very smoothly, so they either need to practice it a whole lot and make it look better or they just need to retire it now because right. it looks sloppy. It's playing off Alexa Bliss's DDT that she beats people with sometimes in a 3D because they need a tag move, but didn't work very well, but they retained their belts, I guess. So in a sense it worked a little bit, um, but yeah. So Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross retained their titles, um, but Carmella still has a, you know, qualifying match next week. So she's still got that going for her. And then to end the show, we have the triple H 25th anniversary celebration. And it felt like 25 years <laughs> worth of segment. <laughs> this was so long and so weird. <laughs> what, I mean, what were your thoughts about, I mean, I'll recap it, but,
1: um, well, I like Triple H, and I love Shawn Michaels. Uh, I mean, it was fine. It was their humor. The Vince McMahon stuff was super weird. Um, yeah. It almost seemed like it was half kayfabe, half shoot, and they didn't know which direction they wanted it to go in. I, I don't know. I think that it really fell flat for me. There was, But there were a couple spots where legitimately, like, we were watching it, and I was laughing out loud. So, like, I, I was enjoying myself, but it was a little cringy. So I understand what you're, what you're saying. I think
0: tr- Triple H and Sean, when they were in the ring together and they, it was just those two, they were pretty entertaining. Right. I mean, yeah. it's obviously they're DX. Those were moments were pretty good. Everything else. was just, just like death. <laughs> just yeah. fell flat. Like
1: the Stephanie phone call. I can't wait for you to talk about that.
0: I mean that actually like that. Okay. Like it was of all the phone calls. That was the best one. Yeah. Uh, but it, basically Triple H comes out, says he can't believe it's been 25 years. I mean he doesn't even get well actually I should say he comes out to his interest in music, he has a water bottle, he's standing there about to drink the water to do his spit oh, yeah, celebration, that's and some guy just like walks up and takes it.
3: <laughs> that was my favorite part. Yeah. That was where it Yeah,
0: peeps. It, it's very it was funny, but like weird. Like it just yeah. didn't make any sense. It's like why is this guy just taking his water bottle? It's
1: coronavirus, why just, like, man. Come on. Uh,
0: exactly. Why is he taking his water bottle? <laughs>
3: So he now he's spit, gonna get it. So he doesn't spit germs all over yeah. the place. Yeah. that yeah, it was funny.
0: I guess. I like So it. he just takes it. Uh Triple H gets in the ring, says he can't believe it's been 25 years already. Uh does basically doesn't even say anything before Sean's music hits. Uh, he comes out. He says uh he's got two words for him. Triple H puts his arm around him, but he's like, hey man, social distancing. So those are the two words that he had for him. Yeah. Uh he said uh Michael's uh, he called all of Triple H's fa- fr- family and friends to come celebrate with him, and he says uh, they're all here to celebrate with him. And then they, we got a pan back shot of nobody in the arena. Right. And uh, he's like, nobody's here. And uh, Triple H does point around. He points out. He's like, hey, at least Graves and Cole showed up. And Michael's like, uh, I'm pretty sure they're required to be here. <laughs> so then uh, Michael starts talking about his 25th anniversary special SmackDown. What was you know? He asked Triple H what his favorite part was at. Triple H acted like, you know, he's like, oh, there's so many moments that I like about it. And I'm sitting here, he's like, "Uh, he didn't have one. Triple H just goes on for a minute and Shawn Michaels is finally like, no, I didn't have one. And Triple H is like, oh, you didn't? You're supposed to have one. So, yeah, another attempt at comedy. Like, it was kind of funny, but... Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Then Michaels and Triple H talked about the time, you know, as DX, talk about how all their segments were golden, how they... Never made a mistake. They always got it done in one take. So then they showed a bunch of bloopers from their funniest moments. This was, this was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, showed, like, you know, just outtakes of all their segments. Uh, so that was good. Then after that, Shawn Michaels talks about how he always considered himself Mr. WrestleMania, but uh, but after all the moments Triple H just had, you know, he, he might consider him, you know, kind of plays it off like he might consider him Mr. WrestleMania. So then they show a package of all Triple H's losses at WrestleMania.
1: I think there were ten of them.
0: Yeah. So he lost the Ultimate Warrior, Undertaker showed him getting beaten up by Ronda Rousey. So they they're like they have a counter showing all the losses. Just, just uh, very strange. Yeah, he's nine
1: thirteen <laughs> at Mania.
0: Yeah, and then after the package, Triple H asks how many times Michaels has lost because he lost several times as well. He says this is not about me. So then he started to act like he's going to get serious, you know, talk about his career. He said it was really fun. But there's one hiccup in the uh, his whole career. When he met Stephanie, no fun. And so he starts, like, making fun of Stephanie, you know, whatever. When Triple H, like, suddenly gets a call, he, like, answers his phone in the middle of this live television segment on national television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Stephanie on FaceTime, and she's like, "Hey, I can see Sean sitting there mocking me. Like, what is he doing? And Sean's like, you know, pantomiming, like, mouthing Stephanie, like, m- mocking her, making fun of her. And she's like, I could see him doing it right now. She, then she goes to insult Sean, calling him lazy eyed. And Triple H just hangs up on her. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I thought it was funny. To, you know, and to lies to
1: Sean about what he says, like, what, yeah. what she says, which, like, he's not standing right there hearing everything she's saying.
0: Exactly. And then uh, he gets another random call, and it's Ric Flair. And he actually has some nice words to say. He's like, you know, uh, you know it's, you, you're you great. You know, fantastic. Love you both. Uh, make sure Sean doesn't kick you out to the end of the segment. Like, yeah. you know, it's good. And uh, they held it there. And Flair's like, he's like, I can't say anymore. I can't say anymore. He's, it's like, all right, let's take this home. And Triple H just sits there. And I'm like, in this, in the call, <laughs> And Triple H is like, all right. And just like hangs up on him. And, you know, he's like, oh, they start talking again. He gets another call. Triple answers it, And it's Ric Flair again. And he's like sobbing. And they just cut to commercial. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on?
1: <laughs> I forgot about that.
0: We come back from the break and Road Dogg is on the phone with him now. I think Road Dog was supposed to call in or something. And Triple H, so Triple H answered the phone and there's Rick Flair crying. I, so I don't know. So <laughs> Road Dogg is on the phone now. Uh, he doesn't know he's on live TV. He says he probably would have combed his beard. And Triple H is like, hey, how about this? And just hangs up on him. So he hung up on Road Dog. Uh, Sean, like, notes they don't have much time left. Triple H is like, oh, well, I talked to the guys at Fox. And uh, they said we can go as long as they want. And uh, Michael's like, oh, good. So, uh, you know. He's like, it's good because we didn't get to the uh, Katie Vick angle. And I was just like, oh, my God, please don't. (laughs) And and this segment is like 15, like 20 years old. Like it's been forever since this has even been mentioned. It was like a one-time thing. Like you, Carol, I'm assuming you have no idea what this kind of angle, this Katie Vick thing is, unless
1: Matt's told you. I know what it is. Yeah. Okay. We we talked about putting it on the uh, best and worst, but. We opted against it. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but most people probably like, unless you're just like this old time fan, probably don't know what this is. But they actually get interrupted and Vince McMahon comes out. He interrupts, you know, this, these two talking. Michaels, he he says, you know, I'm going to step back. You know, know, father-in-law, son-in-law. I'm going to let you two guys have this, have this moment. So Vince, you know, he he calls him Paul. Uh, you know, he he sounds like he's going to be sentimental at first, but then he just calls him boring. He's, well, he says, like, uh, you know, if there are fans here in the crowd, most of them would be going Triple H, Triple H. He's like, actually, that would just be your family sitting in the front row uh, in the family section, but everybody else would just be going boring, boring. Like, he's trying to be funny. It's just like. I don't know.
1: It did not work.
0: Just at all. And there's no fans here. So that does not help anything. Right. So at this point, it's just like a roast is yeah. what it is. It's a roast on Triple H. Uh, he goes over like these horrible performances, like the the gobbledygooker talks about how he thought it was going to be great. And it was just crickets. And he's like, but you're not as bad as that. But uh, then he brought the Katie Vick angle again. Talked about how, you know, the, the whole mannequin thing. He brought up how horrible the the, the Bailey This Is Your Life segment was. He, he's like, oh, but it, it was no fault of Bailey. Uh, but it was, you know, it was horrible. And then he's like, uh, basically said Triple H was terrible. And uh, was, like he keeps acting like he's going to talk good about him finally. Says he loves him. But then he's like, you're just horrible. There's a terrible way to go out. Uh, you know, he's basically, he's like, all right, well, you know, before, we, if you two haven't put everybody to sleep already, I'm going to end this thing. And so he's like, "I'll you know, good night, Padre or something like that. He starts walking away. And Triple H is like, are you kicking us out? And Vince just like walks out and the lights start turning out. And Hunter and Sean like don't know what to do. They're just like, I guess he's kicking us out. They actually play cricket sounds. And like, it's, it, and Sean it's says, obviously do you meant that? to be, <laughs> it's meant to be self-deprecating. Yeah. But like. The whole point of, like, a roast, if, like, you've ever seen a roast. Like, you roast somebody, you tell jokes, but the, at the end of it, you're supposed to say at least something good about it to end on a good note. Right. It's like nobody told WWE how a roast is supposed to go. So they, like, <laughs> just dog hunt, like, Triple H the entire time. Like, say nothing positive about him. Like, everybody craps on him. And at the end of it, he just looks like a geek. And it's like nothing good came out of it. It's just like everybody. It was like, because like you said, Matt, Triple H has a reputation of burying everybody else. Yeah. Of like over his career of like burying people. I think they're like, come to that. But, I mean, John Cena's had some, a little bit of that. There's, there's been instances where like every top guy has had some kind of burial of like yeah. younger talent. It happens. Like Hogan, it was another guy. Like there's been points where stuff like that's happened. So yeah, there's been some points of that of Triple H's career. But I, I, think he kind of gets a, of a bit of a bad rap with it personally, but he's done a lot with like NXT and like helping the young, younger generation out. None of that was brought up. Like, I don't know. Like it just left a sour, like awkward, weird taste in my mouth to end the show. And it was such a long segment at the end of the show. Like at the end of it, I was like, I kind of was liking SmackDown basically until the main event. And then this segment, And I was like, it was so weird. It didn't make me feel good at all. Like, uh, Stephanie actually watched it with me and she, she kind of laughed at some points, but then she was like, this is like, like a weird, like wedding, you know, that like nobody's in on like a wedding speech that nobody's in on. Like, but it just, to even her, she was like, I don't even get it. Like it was so weird. So just a horrible way to end the show. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what to grade it because like, like I said, I really enjoyed the first half and the second part was like such a letdown slash like burial triple H. Like, I guess if I had to give it a grade, I'd give it like a C because of that. Cause it was just like, I don't know. Like what, I mean, what did you segment? Like, what did you think about the whole, the show as a whole? Like, I don't I don't, know.
1: what you guys think? You want to answer first?
3: I was going to say a C. It was this show was okay, but I didn't like this. And then there were just other things that were, like, not impressive. I don't know. Yeah. I was, I, it was okay. It was fine. But, yeah, yeah. The, the end was weird. I, I like the way you explained it. It's like they didn't, they wanted to have a roast, but they didn't know how to do it properly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think this show was just fine. And I, I said, I've I been saying that a lot about WWE for the last few months, really. So it was just fine. And I understand they yeah. have to fill time and they got stuff that, you know, there's no fans in the arena and they have certain issues that they usually don't have. But I don't know. I don't know. I love the opening. And they, I don't think, I didn't hate the ending segment. I just didn't really like it. Like, they tried a lot and it just didn't, a lot of things didn't work. Some things did, but a lot of things didn't work. So, I don't know. I didn't well, like dislike it. Like it's like it. they
0: roasted him but forgot the good, hap- like, I mean, Vince said that he, like, even when Vince said, I love you to Triple H, Stephanie, she was watching with me, she was like, aw. Like, she kind of got, like, a little bit, because it was sincere. Yeah. And, and, and like, Hunter was like, I love you too. And Sean was like, I love you both. <laughs> but then he just went back, this is horrible. Like, you're terrible. And just, like, walk, like, they, it was like a roast of just, like, dogging Triple H the whole time with sprinkles of, like, actual genuine like, love for the yeah. guy. Like, where so, to I feel like if they would have just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was all very self-deprecating, which I I hear that's kind of Triple H's sense of humor. He kind of does that with everybody and himself. Like, he kind of pokes fun at himself from time to time, too. So, I would imagine he kind of said, like, I don't want a whole crazy thing. Let's just go out there. And I would imagine he had some part of this, but, yeah, it was weird. Weird way to end the show. So, yeah, it, fine SmackDown, but... Uh, like I said, next week they actually plugged the other qualifying matches, the Otis-Dolph match, so I don't know. Maybe next week will be a better show.
1: We'll see. Again, I, I didn't yeah. hate it as much as you guys did. I guess I'd probably say a B-minus, but... Yeah, I didn't hate I it. You yeah. was just...
0: The last segment was just like a real... gringy. I don't know. It was very strange. Last match wasn't that good, but everything else was pretty good, so gotcha. do the average show.
1: I got you. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, we will let you go, and we'll move on to part three and talk about Raw. Kyle, again, Happy anniversary. Say happy you anniversary
0: you! Happy anniversary for the hundredth episode of WrestleLife Life Radio. Obviously, I've had some part of the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, throughout the whole thing, but really, Matt, you, you run the show. You do a great job with it. Uh, you deserve the hundred episodes, and here's to hundred more. We'll keep this thing going, and thank the fans for sticking around for hundred episodes. Absolutely, we appreciate thank you guys.
1: Thank you very much, and we appreciate yeah. you guys, Kyle. We will see you next week.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'll see you guys in
1: later. Bye. Hello. This is David from
3: the Film Twits podcast. You're listening to Wrestle Life Radio with Micah, Matt, and Kyle. Congratulations, guys, on 100 episodes. Hey guys, it's Shiloh congratulating Wrestle Life Radio on 100 awesome episodes. That is a lot of episodes. 100 is a big number. So
4: amazing work. I
2: cannot wait to hear the next 100. Hey everyone, this is Nikki Trends and Manny Oso, and we are the hosts of Bubble Bath Stories, and we want to give a big shout out to Wrestle Life Radio who refused to tap out and got a hundred episodes.
3: Whoa! Congratulations to everybody over at Wrestle Life Radio,
4: and to Matt.
1: Yeah. Okay, first of all, before we get on to part three, I just want to get serious for a second. And say thank you so much for all the people that have said such wonderful things to all of us. And how much we legitimately appreciate it. We're at episode 100. And we've had more episodes. We've had some unnumbered episodes. And I think it's fair to say that without all of you, there's we wouldn't be here. Right? Right. That's correct. So To the uh, millions and millions... Thank you. Yes, thank you. you. But seriously, thank you guys. We very much appreciate it. Uh, Thank you to everyone that said nice things about us. Thank you to everyone that listens to us and has done so. Uh, And I probably should have saved that at the end of the episode. But the reality is I'm a forgetful person and I did not want to go and uh, forget about everyone. So I just wanted to say, pause for a quick second and say thank you so much. Uh, But WWE Monday Night Raw. Now this episode, again, I know it's episode 100 and it's special, but we've already gone really long. So we're gonna run through this very quickly, but four-hour episode, <laughs> first time. <laughs> it's probably gonna be two hours, but boy, I'm I'm kind of excited to talk about this RAW. So it opened up with MVP out in the ring doing the VIP lounge because you have to have a gimmick to have someone out there hosting something, and he says he's gonna have the three guys that's gonna be in the Money in the Bank for the RAW representing the men's RAW Money in the Bank contestants. And so, uh, Rey Mysterio, Apollo Crews, and Alistair Black are out there. And before they can even really start saying anything, like, they, they kind of did. They, they started talking for a little bit. But the reality is, uh, it didn't matter. You heard El Idolo, and then Zelina Vega and her posse, Zelina's posse, comes out. Uh, and can we say, and I think I said this last week, but how good are these four guys, three guys and gal, Because, my gosh, you want to talk about taking advantage of the coronavirus and not having all of, you know, all the talent there. They're just so good, especially, especially Zelina. I mean, she, I think, again, I said this last week, but she has found the lost art of the manager. Because the manager at this point is Paul Heyman and no one else. And Zelina Vega has perfectly slotted herself into this. And she's just done such a great job. Angel Garza is so great. Andrade is so great. Austin Theory is an amazing wrestler who is, who is young, and I know will come into his own because he's already doing a good job. I love these four guys. What what
2: do y'all think?
4: Um, I like Selena a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope when things get back to normal, they don't instantly forget about them. Yeah, same. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing what they've been able to pull off because... You know, for a while there, we kind of got the same thing over and over and over again. But then you slowly started seeing Zelina take charge and really just fit that managerial role perfectly. And, yeah, she's she's made these segments, really.
4: And props to her for those shoes, guys. Uh Props to her. She's a boss, and I love that she is, like, this powerful woman who's, like, I don't know. She's great on the mic. She's awesome. I really like her. She's a really it.
1: good wrestler too, and they haven't really given her the opportunity. But she's so good in this role, I kind of understand. So uh, she's four yeah. eleven, by the way. Not with those heels on. She's not. <laughs> she
4: was like, she was like six five
1: on. <laughs> she really was like five 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 six. She was almost as tall as Andrade, and he's five nine. So, yeah. Um. So yeah, they, the three of them or the four of them come out, and Zelina says, "Why don't the three of you?" Put your money in the bank spots in the line. And Rey Mysterio says in Spanish, do you think we're crazy or something of the like? Uh, Which is funny. And he says, no, but it seems like you guys want to fight. And so they all attack each other. And then they set up a six-man tag. Rey Mysterio, Apollo Crews, and Aleister Black versus Angel Garza, Austin Theory, and Andrade. And it was good. It was real good. I mean, come on. Look at these six guys. And then because of everything happening, they're given time. I would have loved to see this match in front of a crowd. It would have been awesome. Uh, Micah, as Rey Mysterio is, to
2: my knowledge, still your favorite of all time, right? What did you really think of this match? I thought it was great. Um, I really enjoyed seeing Rey be Rey, for one. But I really enjoyed seeing Apollo Crews. Get some stuff in. Yeah. Um. I said it a couple weeks ago that I wish they would do something with him. I think a lot of people said that because he's obviously very talented. And yeah, the stuff I saw from him this week, very impressed. Alistair Black is great as always. Um, yeah, just really good match. I don't, yeah. I don't see how you could put these six guys in a ring and have a bad match though. Right. Super talented. Yeah. Uh, and Apollo Crews got the win by the way, by hitting like a sit out power bomb on
1: Andrade, the U.S. champ. It wasn't even a surprise roll-up. No, it wasn't. Yeah, he legitimately got him. So, basically, after the match, Vega was, like, super, super shocked, right? And Apollo Cruz stands tall, which I thought, great, they're giving him a little bit of push, or maybe I thought, well, they want to make sure that people actually buy into him having an opportunity on the, uh, uh, in, the, on the in the Money in the Bank roof. match. So, yeah. Um, I'm not going to talk about all these, but... We did get the first of like ten different Triple H 25th anniversary segments. They were too long, um, and there were too many of them in a row. I think there was one point where we had three of them without anything else. It was like uh, Triple H-, H-, H segment, commercial break, Triple H segment, backstage interview, Triple H segment, and it was it was it was too many,
2: too many, too much. The main thing that I can take away from that is Triple H burying Sting is the ninth biggest accomplishment. Of I know, like oh I gosh. actually one of the worst matches in history. Yeah, I actually when it was happened, I when it
1: happened, or when they showed the number nine, I looked at my lovely lady, and I said, "I'm really mad about this because this is not one of Triple H's top ten moments. This is one of the worst moments in WrestleMania history." And yes, as a sting mark, okay, I get it, but it was it was just Vince McMahon being like Monday Night Wars. <laughs> so- you know, you
2: know, Vince was looking at this list like, "You gotta tell him we beat WCW, pal. You gotta I put know. that in there." Just, wha- I don't get it. It's been 20 years. Come yeah. on, Vince. Get over it. Really
1: stupid. Uh, Andrade and Zelina were arguing backstage. And uh, Charlie Crusoe comes up and Zelina says, you will never have an opportunity to say anything to Andrade again. If you want to talk, you say something to me. Now Paulo Cruz comes up and says they're sore losers. And uh, he says, hey, Andrade, I think I can beat you twice in one night. And he's kind of taunting him, and Zelina says, "Oh, you want to shout out the U.S. title? Yeah, yeah, I do." And so he gets it, and Apollo
2: Cruz will wrestle. Is is this the segment when he slapped him? Yeah.
1: Yes. And oh my gosh, yeah! Tell that me was about the, that. Sl-
2: that was the loudest. So the, next to, I think it was the the, I think it was a chop that Drew McIntyre did on Austin Theory, uh, maybe last week, maybe the week before. This this was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It was ridiculous, like he shot him with a shotgun. Yeah. It was, it, I don't know if you've ever seen the thing, it was on a Telemundo or whatever, and this uh, this guy gets slapped by this hostess, and he's like, how can she slap? How can she slap? And that's exactly what my mind went to, because, oh my gosh, he slapped him in the next week. It's, there's, I don't, I don't think it was a pulled slap. I think he actually slapped the crap out of him. I think
1: he did, too. And it
2: was so, so loud. I literally, I like jumped up.
1: And I'm like, oh my gosh, because I just can't, I felt it. Like, it came to the TV, it was so loud.
2: It was very, very well done. And it really put Apollo Crews over in my mind. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Riley, your favorite match of the night was next.
1: And that is, I mean, again, they had other little random crap, but nothing important to talk about. Uh, Asuka versus Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax. So basically, in short, Asuka and Shayna, they fight a little bit. Nia Jax comes and she attacks them both. And uh, they fight for a split, what, two minutes? And then Nia Jax tosses them both out of the ring. She grabs the ladder like she's going to throw it at them, drops it, and her music hits. And the match never starts. So, Riley, what the you think?
4: Wait a second. The match never started?
1: Nope, match never started.
4: Because, yeah, because Shayna came up behind Asuka and got her leg, right? Correct. That's how it Yeah, they the never got in the ring. Started. Oh my god. Well I did that sure, was but... so dumb. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I'm not impressed with Nia Jax no. um, so far. This this is my first I mean she was just introduced. I'm sure she would, I guess she was in this a while back and then she just came back or something like that. She's always but... been
2: terrible, yeah.
4: Okay. It, so while she may
2: be boring and you know, not very coordinated in the ring, at least she's a safe worker.
4: So <laughs> <laughs> what? She's she, hurts. She's
2: yeah, she's hurt. she hurts people. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> She hurts
4: people. Okay. She hurts people. Yeah, because I haven't been impressed with her wrestling style. She seems really slow um, on some things. Like, she... I, I, I can't explain it. There's some things with it that just... They don't... Like, ugh, I, I can't explain it. I just don't like it. What I, what I see, I do not like. Um, and then... Yeah, so I didn't realize the match never started. And then the fact that her music hit, I... I'm, Whenever I watched that, I asked Micah, I was like, wait, how did she just win? She didn't even pin anybody. I don't understand this. And I rewound it and then played it again, and I was still confused. I was like, I do not understand what's going on here. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I literally watched this this show yesterday, and I did not remember how it ended either. I was like, I don't really really remember what happened. Uh, And that was yesterday, so... Good job, mm-hmm. WWE. Right, <laughs> no, I definitely
4: remember what happened. I was just, I don't know how. I don't understand what, how, so yeah. And then the the commentators didn't really say much ab- about, like, they just said, oh, yeah, I'm definitely choosing Nia Jax in this ladder match.
2: Yeah. That was really stupid. Okay. Speaking uh, okay. of commentators. Yeah. I think we should mention Samoa Joe's on commentary for this show. He was, yes, that is Jerry correct, Lawler,
1: instead of Jerry Lawler, which, yeah, I forgot to mention that. a Thank very good trade.
2: Yeah, yes, it was. It was, it's, it was like, an upgrade. it's like it's like Jameis Winston for Tom Brady. It's, it's
1: at, a very good trade. At uh, at this point, you're all his career. Uh, Carol is leaning forward and her and shaking her leg, so I have a feeling that she wants to uh, talk about this match or <laughs> lack thereof.
3: Uh, all this build up of Shayna Baszler. Yep. Not to mention who Oscar is or is supposed to be.
1: Yeah.
3: And then just they make them nothing to put over Naya, who didn't improve at all while she was gone. And comes back, and she's still throwing people around. Like, that's what bothers me. She picks people up and throws them as hard. It's like, let me just throw this person as hard as I can into the corner against the ring posts. And as I said last week, I think you mentioned it, you know, you don't want to do that to certain people. Because certain people don't put up with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't understand. I, it. It's like, okay, we get it. She's bigger than everybody else, and she's this big bad person, and we get it. Like, why, why is she, why is she taking out Shayna Baszler and Oscar? Why, why is that? They happening? should have been able to take her down. That's ridiculous. I mean, with as
4: slow as she is, like yeah, like technique wise and everything, like yeah. she's kind of slow moving around the ring. Like, I mean, if this weren't kayfabe, like they would have been able to take her down, especially Shayna Baszler. Yeah, I mean alone. Yeah, and yeah. Like and Baszler is supposed to be this monster who like bites people's necks, and she's yeah. like a vampire. What the heck is she doing, just laying there on the ground? Yeah, yeah. They're like, burying just looking her. Looking up like ah. Is that no, not Yeah, is don't that the goal? Me.
3: I mean, is to bury her? I don't understand.
1: I don't have any idea. I
3: hate it. I didn't realize how strongly I felt about it until I started talking. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Moving I <on>. agree. <laughs> uh,
1: we get Lana and Bobby Lashley backstage, and the short version is Bobby says, "Hey." I don't want you out there, and Lana gets offended. and He goes, "But you're just, you're so beautiful. I just, you distract me." And
2: she's like, "Oh, okay." And then Bobby Lashley defeats a jobber. Denzel, he didn't, he didn't even flip the jobber. He's been flipping all these tires.
3: I know. Not (laughs) once did he flip the jobber. He even flipped the jobber.
2: He's been doing all this training with these tires to flip them, and he could not flip the jobber once. What tires has
3: he been flipping?
2: Big tires,
4: big old tires, like monster
2: truck tires. Yeah,
4: that's a really fun exercise. Y'all should try it.
2: Yeah, it sounds delightful.
1: No, yeah. it really is fun. Yeah, uh, we get a highlight of Liv Morgan beating Ruby Riot last week. They wrestle again. Liv wins again, and then she cuts the freaking weirdest promo I've ever seen in life. And so basically, <laughs> she's there, and she's like, and they were asking her about her time in the Riot Squad, and you know how things have changed now. And she goes, she says something to the effect of, well, you know, I've had a lot of chapters in my life, but like a lot of people my age, I still haven't figured it out myself. So, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to do that and I feel like I'm going to. And Byron's like, all right, congratulations on your win, I guess.
3: It seemed like she had forgotten what she was supposed to be <laughs> saying. It really didn't. Like, she was kind of pulling it out of the air. I, I don't know.
1: It's like the Callisto Good Lucha things, which is, uh, uh. Uh, historically
2: bad promo. and I, I just—I mean, that's what I was thinking of. I'm like, where's she, where she
1: going with this? Like, what
2: is the point of her words? I, so. think, I think her whole promo is the creative team doesn't know what they're going to do with me. So uh, I'm going to cut this promo. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to go back there. And I'm going to come back out next week and beat somebody else again, yeah. maybe. Or Probably lose.
4: Ruby Riot.
2: Yeah? Yeah. I hope not. Again. Uh, Charlie's backstage with Nia Jax.
1: And. Charlie asks Nia a question or something, and Nia, like, yells at her. And she cuts this horrible promo, and she's like, what can Asuka do? Nothing. What can Shanna do? Nothing. What can anyone do? Nothing! But she and said she,
3: Charlie's name about seven times. Yeah.
2: It was horrible. I hate Nia Jax. She's terrible. So, sorry. So, so, listeners to the podcast, you know how you're driving along, you're listening to the podcast, and then all of a sudden, Matthew laughs and just busts your speakers? <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens that's, when Nia Jax gets on your TV. Yeah, what 100%. Because Oh my gosh, it was so loud. It was yeah. so loud.
4: Except yeah. I, I don't mind it when, when Matt does it. Whenever Matt does well, it. I mind
2: Thank it. you, Riley. <laughs>
1: it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very nice. Um, we, we learned that Jinder Mahal's back, and he comes back and he beats Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa is probably the best jobber WWE has ever had. He's obnoxiously
2: talented. He should be pushed, but... He fits his role really well, he's doesn't he? Being he's being really pushed small in the cruiserweight division, I think. I think he's in the championship. Yeah. But, but it's not... Of course, that doesn't matter. That's not yeah. a real championship. Not not in not in the main roster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jinder Mahal won. He's I, back. I don't hate on gender. I mean, I know a lot of people have issues with gender, especially his old stuff, but I don't personally have any problems against it i think the whole championship reign was dumb but yeah i have an issue with the way they
1: book gender i don't have an issue with him personally
2: he seems to have put in a lot of effort especially in his physique with all the uh supplements he's been taking and uh supplements oh my his his promo work his promo work is 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 decent he's got a fantastic entrance uh i don't think he's like an unsafe worker or anything is he so no i'm i'm open-minded about this interesting to have a uh I think I think he should get Heath Slater on the same uh, uh, what what would you call it? Uh, gear that, that they're on. Yeah. And uh, have the three MB have a little uh, championship reign one after the other. Let's yeah. do it.
1: What they need to do is they're eventually gonna do gender versus Drew, and I'm not the first person to point this out, so I don't want to oh, take yeah. any credit for it. But have Heath Slater come back as a one shot and have him referee the
2: match. That'd be fun. That would be um, cool.
4: Are you guys saying gender like?
2: Gender Mahal is his name. Like
4: G E N D E R. Like hinder Ginder. the gender. G-
2: like hinder with a J.
4: Gender. Gender.
2: Yes. yes, that's the word. That's okay. correct. Like male or female, but spelled differently. Yeah.
4: Well, well I want to point it's out. It's pronounced differently,
3: too. Al- yes. I want to point out, Alabama boys, gender and gender are two different words. Thank you.
1: I'm going well, to well, have to. I want to y'all to know. Yeah. Yep. I was
4: thinking this whole time it was gender, and yeah. I was like.
1: Y'all what need to leave. Go away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Y'all go Mike ahead and to are get. Finish this. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie's backstage with Andrade and Selena Vega again. Selena yells at Charlie, and then they walk off. Charlie looks sad, and Angel Garza comes up, flirts with Charlie. Charlie puts on what I believe is a genuine smile, and then Angel gives her a flower, and she's happy. And Angel asks her out, and she says yes. And he walks away. Yeah, she was all for it Also, yeah.
4: I think that we're we're kind of missing this whole feud between Charlie and Selena right <laughs> they are so like Selena is so mean to her yeah I think it's great but she's a mean also, girl yeah she's a mean girl
1: yeah uh, Apollo Cruz versus Andrades next and yes I was here for this this match was great uh, I I didn't hate the ending I'm sorry I didn't hate the ending. Uh, they had a really long, great match. At some point, uh, Apollo had a kayfabe injury, which means, if you don't know, it is a fake injury. And uh, he did a—he basically did a backflip off of the ropes onto the outside. He hurt his leg or his knee. Um, he sold that for the rest of the match like a good wrestler should. Then he jumps off the top and uh, trying to do a frog spa- splash. Andrade moves. He lands on his feet because he catches himself, but he cannot go on. And he's screaming to the ref, no, no. No, I don't stop the match. I can do this. But the ref stops it anyway because he cannot go on. And Andrade retains his title. Andrade looks mad because he believes that he could beat Apollo via pinfall. Uh, I think Andrade does not look dumb here because he wanted to win. He's not trying to be like this chicken crap hill trying to get away. Uh, Apollo looks like a survivor because even though Apollo has been booked poorly for years... These last couple weeks have made him look good. He also had a very strong match against Aleister Black, when at some point he was nothing. And uh, they're doing something with him now, so this is great. Um, but unfortunately, the next segment is him selling his uh, selling his injury, and he is no longer in the Money in the Bank match. So I am very sad about that. I thought he would be very good, um, honey. What do you What did you think of the whole thing?
3: It was a good match, and I, I agree with you about the ending. Um... It was... It... it it wasn't wishy-washy. Like, sometimes these types of things come off. It... Yeah. it was just satisfying.
2: Okay. Michael, what did you think? So, I liked the match. That was uh-huh. a very good match. Um, I didn't like the ending. Uh, I think I'm with most people on that. Yeah, most people it, didn't it, like I don't, it, so... I don't have an issue, like, from... If there wasn't already precedent set... Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with the ending. But there's wrestling. The match has to finish. I mean, Mankind got thrown off the top of a cell. Right. And then thrown through the cell and had a tooth coming out of his nose <laughs> and finished the match. Stone Cold broke his neck and finished the match. I mean, uh, they shouldn't have these these kayfabe, uh, he can't go on anymore. Uh, I mean, have a ten count. What happened to ten counts? Yeah. Why don't they just have him down with a ten count? Mm. Or why don't they have Andrade pin him? I, I don't know mm-hmm. what, why? I don't know what goes through the writers' heads to do this. I know what the what went through the writers' head. They did, they're they trying to build Apollo Cruz up, obviously, to something. Yeah. And they didn't want to bury him because they don't want to have, and they wanted to prolong the feud, as they tend to do. So they didn't want to have him pin him. So how are we going to do that? Oh, we'll just make it a no contest because he hurts his leg. No, no, Andrade,
1: Andrade was the winner because
2: Apollo couldn't, uh, Move yeah, on. but it's not really a win. That's, that's what I meant. It didn't mean it's no contest. He's, he didn't really win. He didn't beat him in his mind, so he's going to keep the feud going with that. Okay. Um, I really liked the segment afterwards, though. I didn't like... So, if they forget about Apollo Crews, I hate it, right? But if they use this to pro, to push him forward, I don't care that he's not the money to make because he wasn't going to win anyways. So... If they use this to push a storyline with him forward, I think that was great. His acting was fantastic. Yeah. The story of him finally getting his opportunity, finally being pushed, getting in money in the bank, and getting injured. And then Charlie coming up—was it Charlie or Kayla or one yeah, of them? Yeah, Charlie. Uh, coming up to him and just being completely rude to, to speak to the man in this situation. Right. He's obviously a mess. He's there on crutches. His knee is iced. He's, he's crawling, yeah. he's crying, and she's like, "How does it feel to finally get your opportunity and then fail, you loser?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the way it came off, at least. She at least uh, he like, was just patting like... patting him on the shoulder and stuff. You yeah, know? it was it was uh, it was typical WWE stuff. But uh, yeah, it, I liked. I did like that segment. I think it really was very emotional, and I think it's gonna make a lot of people give a lot of babyface love to Apollo Cruz. And hopefully, maybe he'll come back and uh, win the U.S. title. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm down for that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, We move forward, and at some point, I skipped
1: the Viking Raiders promo, who, thank God, were back and doing a normal promo with their music playing in the background, which is a little weird, but my gosh, after the debacle that was that freaking carpool karaoke last week, I'll take it. It was fine. Uh, There's nothing wrong with it. It was okay. Okay. Uh, at this point in the show, the Street prophets were responding, and I loved this, because Montez Ford is awesome, but instead of being giant freaking goofballs, they stared down the camera lens, and they were very serious. Now, yeah, of course they were a little goofy, but for the Street prophets, they were very serious, which is cool, because that's what Bianca Belair told them to do if they wanted to be able to beat the Viking Raiders. So I thought this was... Really enjoyable. And, I, of course, I love Montes Ford. I like Angelo Dawkins. I love Montes Ford. Um, and I'm I'm excited about this match. And they're, they're having the tag match next week. We don't know if it's for the titles. We believe so. But they haven't really made that clear. Uh, honey, what did you think of that? Did you, did you like their segment, their promo?
3: I did. This was, uh, as you said, the Viking Raiders vastly better this week than yeah. last week. Um, I like the... Idea that street profits are being a little more serious because they were, you know, you bring Bianca Belair in and she says y'all need to be serious, and then they're actually responding to that, so that's good. That's good writing when you're actually building on concepts instead of just abandoning things. So good job. Yeah,
2: agreed.
1: Um, they have a package for Becky Lynch's new show, like her. I think it's a twenty four special. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Normally, I'd say I don't want to see all this on Raw, but. Given the current circumstances, I thought it was a really good way to spend time. Uh, Everrise, which is the worst tag team name in the history of tag team names, wrestled Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. And this match was fine. Uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet are both incredibly talented. I hope Ricochet is the person to replace Apollo Cruz in the Money in the Bank match. I believe that I said during this match to my beautiful wife, why is Ricochet not in the Money in the Bank match? Um,
3: and I said... Because he's going to AEW next week,
1: yeah. which isn't true. But. No, not true. Uh, but yeah, it. But was... wouldn't you
3: love Ricochet versus Darby Allen? Yeah,
1: Ricochet versus Pac. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm in. Uh, but yeah, this match was fine. There wasn't much to it. But Cedric Alexander and Ricochet are amazing. Everrise, they're good. They're good guys. They do a good job. Um, Riley, let me ask you this. So Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, what are your thoughts on them as a tag team? Do you do you like it? Do you think it's the best thing to to do with them because honestly they weren't doing much with either one of them before
4: um I don't even know who Cedric Alexander is
1: (laughs) okay he's the guy that tagged with Ricochet and he's been tagging with him for (laughs) a couple weeks he's Big Swole's husband
4: yeah oh okay
2: okay yeah 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 okay there you go you gotta yeah. make those AEW. Um, connect- yeah, AEW references.
4: <laughs> um, so you said they've been tagging together for a couple of weeks i wonder yeah. if it just wasn't on hulu they yeah
1: they've probably been cutting it. Most of that's matches. right you, you guys, guys, guys maybe on hulu so you don't get to see much of it yeah
4: oh yeah i forgot about was that was it just like a, thr- a thrown together team Is it was 100
1: yeah yeah so basically these guys they've known each other for a long time they, well, I'm, we're just going to skip that question then. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, but yeah, they okay. basically have been tagging together for a couple of weeks. They've known each other for a long time. And Michael Cole said, or not Michael Cole, Tom Phillips has told us that they have always wanted to tag it together. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, on Raw, it's true. On Kayfabe, it's true. Uh, and they're both obnoxiously talented, so yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. Sorry, Riley. Um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot where you didn't know.
4: No, it's okay. I'm glad I know now. Yeah. Um...
1: After the I'm match, good. MVP comes on the screen. He's like, oh, guys, ah, oh, you're so talented. It's so good. Uh, and then he talks about how he was inspired by the NFL draft to reintroduce Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink of NXT. Fine. Uh, they're both talented. Whatever. I don't know why MVP would... It doesn't make sense for MVP, who's talking about putting in this, you know, amazing, incredible stable together to start with Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink, right? I mean, nothing against the guys, but they just haven't done anything in wwe I, that's fair right
3: i do appreciate that shane thorn wears his name on his shirt and i think everyone should do that when we're getting to know them on right. different on different shows because it'll be much easier now for me to remember him
1: yeah that is 100 percent fair uh oh yes so next we'll go to the main event which is a segment and Jerry Lawler is in the ring, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I thought the reason that he wasn't on commentary was because he wasn't here. So I guess they're just going to bring a 70-year-old in, not even to do his whole job. This is literally what he did. He got I in the ring. I don't even remember him being there. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the ring.
3: Social distance.
1: Yeah. And he's like, he calls out Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, and Drew looks at Jerry and goes, you know how these things usually turn out. Why don't you go ahead and go? And Jerry says,
3: good idea. And he leaves. He didn't do anything. Well, he introduced them. And he them. took his stuff and he left. He left. left. Yeah. <laughs> like so a lever.
1: I don't, I don't get it, but fine. Uh, I, I mean, Jerry Lawler is a legend just fine. Uh, Micah, I know you really yes. like this segment. And during the segment, I looked at my beautiful wife and said, this is really good, which is something I rarely say about Seth Rollins. Uh, his out-of-ring work anyways, in-ring work. Yes, he's t- very talented. Um, tell me
2: your thoughts on this main event segment. I think this is the best segment WWE's had in a very long time. Okay. I liked pretty much everything about it. I really like Seth Roll's new look, by the way. He looks like John Wick. That's what I would uh, uh, put him akin to. He's okay. got the nice fitted suit on. He's got one motorcycle glove for some reason. That's a little weird, but the rest of it looks really good. It, I think it really plays off the Messiah look. He looks kind of like a preacher. Yeah. I'm for it. Uh, I think Drew McIntyre is the best person on WWE's roster at the current time. Yes. He's a fantastic face. He's so good. He's so natural. He's so charismatic. Uh, he's the perfect person to carry their championship, and he needs to hold it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... Really like Seth Rollins in this segment. Uh, he had a really, really weird, really weird segment last week, or segments, I should say. Sat in two chairs. Oh, uh, yeah. Weird. <laughs> He's a weird guy. And the week before, mm-hmm. the week before, he had the little yeah. Things. It's like
1: staring off into space. <sighs> I just, I don't, week, I don't know. I think someone, someone different writes Seth Rollins every single week.
2: I it's really entirely do. possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but this segment was very good. Um. You had him basically just spewing his general BS towards uh, Drew McIntyre, saying that—really tying it all in with these messianic, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, references. Yeah. Saying, you know, he doesn't need to bear this burden of the championship. Let Seth Rollins carry it for him. It's too much of a cross to to carry and he's basically trying to put himself over as the good guy, saying, hey, just give me the title. You don't need it. It's 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 not good for you. Let me carry that for you. Right. And Drew's like, you know, I, I, I think I'm finally starting to understand. I, I think all of these people are, are starting to understand. Seth Rollins, you're full of crap. Yep. Except for he didn't say crap. They broke the S-word on yep. PGTV. Before very uh, Sexy Chucky, Chucky Chucky T. T yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my <laughs>
4: goodness. Poor Chucky T. Yeah, I know.
2: I know. <laughs> One day he'll get it, and to the biggest pop of all time. Uh, no, but he—Drew he, he, he Drew McIntyre was great in this segment. Seth Rollins was great. The writing was great. It was laid out fantastic. Uh, of course, the table had to leave the ring at one point, and Drew McIntyre just yeeted that table in the next week. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> it, it, was, it was like it was made of foam. He just tossed it towards, like—it almost made it towards the Titantron. Yeah, Uh, and I don't think it was a little cheapy wooden table, either. It didn't appear to be. No, no, he just tossed it. I'm glad Jerry Lawler wasn't in the way. He'd have been dead. Uh, But yeah, this was the perfect segment, I think, uh, for these two. And as much as I didn't really think Seth deserved a title shot, uh, it's really good to have Seth as your top heel and Drew as your top babyface right now. So I'm okay with that. It also makes kind of sense because
1: Drew challenged Seth, even though Seth lost at Mania. He said, hey, you attack me, and I... You know, you are still one of the top stars in WWE, and I'm willing to defend my title against you. So that's fine. I'm okay with yeah. it. So, uh, that's how Raw ended. And I I kind of like the show. It well, was yeah, fun. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, Carrie, B-Dubs. Mm-hmm. The person that got Christopher Daniels to give us a shout-out. Woo! What, uh, what was your grade Raw this week?
3: I liked the ending. Okay. And... I liked the beginning, and I liked a lot of stuff in the in the middle, and I like, disliked some things in the middle, so I'm going to give it... And I disliked the Nia Jax thing, apparently, a lot, um, which I just <laughs> discovered on this show. So we're going to go with a B-minus, because okay. I, I enjoyed it. I had fun. I was entertained. I was uh, sports entertained.
1: Yeah. Sports so, entertained. B-minus. I thought the show was pretty good. I mean... Gosh, with Apollo Crews and Andrade and the first match with the other four guys, how good was it? Wasn't it just nice to have good wrestling on a wrestling show? It was just really, really good. Um, Raw was better in the ring than AEW was this week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They had better wrestling. When is the last time we've said that? I think think maybe once since AEW's been on air, we've been able to say Raw or SmackDown has been better in the ring than... uh, than AEW. And it was this week. 100%. And honestly, yeah. it wasn't even close. I mean, Darby yeah, Allin versus uh, Sammy Guevara was the third best match of the week. In my opinion. Mm, yeah. 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 Maybe fourth because on SmackDown you had Drew Gulak versus, uh, well, no, no, that was versus Corbin. Never mind. I'm thinking Shinsuke. And, yeah, never mind. Sorry. But yeah, third third best match maybe. I don't know. But yeah, Raw was great. Yeah, no, Raw was good. For Raw, Raw, with what's been going on these last couple weeks, it was great. I liked it a lot. B plus. I thought it was good. The triple threat women stuff blew my mind about how ridiculously stupid it is. Um, and usually I don't give WWE the benefit of the doubt because everything they do is just often really stupid. They push Eric you know, Eric Rowan for months. They give him a stupid freaking spider. Drew McIntyre kills it and they fire the guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Apollo Cruz is going to come back and he is going to do something, one thousand percent. And if I'm wrong. Then I'll just have to eat Crow. But the reality is it's going to happen. Apollo Cruz is getting a big push when he comes back, and I hope to the good lord I'm not wrong. Because the guy is so talented, he's waited so long, and he's so passionate for the business. So
2: please push Apollo Cruz. This role was a B plus. Micah? Uh yeah, so I'm gonna say i Man, there were de- I definitely enjoyed the Drew McIntyre Seth Rollins segment more than any segment on AEW. I I definitely enjoyed the uh, six man tag more than any match on AEW. Does that mean I enjoyed the entire show more? It doesn't. I'm gonna give it a better grade. So prepare yourself for that. Okay. But I'm rating it on the raw scale. I always do it differently. I don't rate it yeah. overall. So it's like reading the a ra- middle
1: school paper versus a college paper. Like the college paper is almost always going to be better, even if it's a C minus. When the middle school paper is an A+. Plus.
2: Yeah, but WWE's been in middle school for like 40 years. Right. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I i say if AEW was on the Raw scale, it probably have been a B plus This week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this week Raw, for me, gets a B-. Minus, okay. Uh, which is, is a really good Raw, really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, that segment, again, was some of the best stuff I've seen in a long time as far as just good character work, a good promo. Uh, we had some really good in-ring work. It wasn't perfect. There were some shenanigans, as per WWE.
4: Shenanigans. Um,
2: yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a good show. It really was. Okay.
1: And of course, Miss Riley Sin.
4: So to be fair, I haven't finished it. Um,
2: so F minus.
4: <laughs> but but from from what you guys have been talking about, and also from the matches that I have seen. I think that I'd have to rate it higher than AEW just because I know that I was enjoying... Um, I guess it was just one match, really, because then the Nia Jax one was terrible. That was yeah. absolutely awful. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to rate it probably a B-. Okay.
2: Because I, I think my AEW one was C. I I think that perfectly encapsulates WWE. You have really good stuff. And then you have just straight up crap. Yeah,
4: like that was straight trash. Yeah, that's <laughs> that how, was a dumpster fire.
2: That's how WWE is. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's pretty commonplace. And a lot of times, I think we say something in WWE is just fine, even when it's really not. it's like maybe it's poor writing or not great in ring work, but the reality yeah. is, it's WWE passable, right? It's them going, look, just get a segment happening. I don't know. Yeah. It's.
4: That was not passable for anything. That was no, that crap. was miserably <laughs> bad.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't as bad as carpool karaoke with the Viking Raiders.
4: I think that Hulu cut that, and I'm very upset
3: about it.
1: Yeah, go watch it on Twitter. People buried <laughs> okay. it, buried it. But it wasn't as bad as Usi Hot hashtag oh. FTR. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 100 of Russell Life Radio. I want to give a special thanks to my little brother Micah and my cousin Kyle my lovely wife B-dubs, my sister-in-law Riley, and everyone else that's ever been on this show, that's ever supported this show, if you've ever listened, if you've ever uh, shared it on Facebook or Instagram, if you've ever told your friends, hey, here's these three wacky, ridiculous guys, and not know how they have the amazing women because, oh my gosh, they're stupid, but you have to listen to them because they're very entertaining. Whatever part you've played, with these last 100 episodes and plus more that aren't numbered of WrestleLife Life Radio, we want you to know that we legitimately and of course absolutely appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt. You can find my beautiful wife B Dubs on YouTube at
3: Carolsen, and on Instagram, and also WordPress.com, Carolsen.WordPress.com.
1: And Instagram is Carolsen too, That's is right? That is C-A-R-O-L-E, S-E-N-N, and Rybug. What's your Instagram?
4: Um, my Instagram is Riley Cheyenne. Uh-huh. Um, so it's R-I-L-E-Y-Y, S-H-Y-A-N-N-E. I have a fancy middle name. And then my Twitter is at Rybugsen, R-I-B-U-G-S-E-N-N.
1: Yeah, I actually thought Instagram was one of those Rybug, so I apologize. I was trying to give you, like, the perfect segue. And you're like, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, Matt. Yeah, yeah, good job, Matt. Uh, but, yeah, thank you for absolutely everything. And, obviously, we want to thank Mr. Kyle Pauley, who was on Segment 2, who is not here right now. We want to thank the Wrestle Life heel, Mr. Chris Comby, who was here. Thank you to Rain and all the wrestlers that have been on Indie Focus. Some of them that haven't even been released yet. I just we we legitimately appreciate all of you. And uh, here's to 100 more, right? Christopher Daniels said a thousand more. That's right. So if the Fallen Angel says we got to get to episode
2: 1100 before we quit, we get to episode 1100. I'm gonna be in the nursing home recording episodes about the legend Darby Allen's retirement match. <laughs>
1: I don't think Darby's lasting until we get in the nursing home, man. Yeah, probably not. It ain't happening. He's going to go out in five years. No, not really. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We legitimately appreciate you, and we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day.